VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Sunzi, Steph, Holly, Natasha, Laura, Goradica, Vance, Boise, Jeremy, Ali, Nathan, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, Wes, Dreskel, Aaron, Kristen, Tia, Lauren, Jonathan, Kate, Alex, Isaac, and Karun. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group where we hang out daily. Gather around. I have a way to connect all of the re- Evil Dead's together, and I actually this, do in in fun facts. But if you want to do a I fake have a one, more sure. fun way. Well, because there's, there's three books. Because there's three books now. Yes. Wait, these are books. The Book of no, the Dead. No, no, no. Stupid fucker. <laughs> <laughs> So this book with the teeth thing was written by a really competent evil necromancer. The book from the first film the ne- with the face on it. It was like an apprentice <laughs> necromancer. No, I'm just saying he may be not the best. You know? You know like, Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, the listeners made us watch... Evil Dead Rise. Rise. So I know for a fact this is not the first time any of us have seen this movie because we saw this for free at Panic Fest. Correct. And then we all paid a lot more to see it today. (laughs) And then all whined about it. As if Panic Fest didn't hand hand us free advanced tickets when we saw it the first time. I reserve the right to complain about things that aren't important. That as an American. I so somebody actually somebody messaged me over the weekend and was like, you know, you could just share your stars password with Mike and Todd. I was like, I could, except that we write these off on our taxes. We do, yeah. <laughs> like, like they should pay for it. I mean, if we ever did a movie that was on stars, we'd be forced to. So if you were more strategic with your romancing the pod she's not, picks, she's not. <laughs> they don't like their movie selection. Well, it could. Uh-oh. Do you like how I just sort of backwards walked Paige into explaining why we shouldn't get stars, Mikey? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh, fuck you guys. So, what did you guys think about it? The first time you saw it, which was honestly just a few weeks ago in Kansas City, I I, I like the film as a horror, as like a modern horror film. I, I mean, like the buzz and the fest was like it's got a great sense of humor like the old ones. Mm. I don't think that's true. I mean, there are some I think really great nods to the originals. Mm-hmm. You know, when she's like running in the basement and the camera's like right on her face, like Bruce Campbell's yeah, in. Yeah. Uh, I think it's yeah, Evil Dead. That's a that's not funny. I no, mean, it's, like, not, it's <laughs> not funny. They're cool little nods to the original yeah. source material, which I super dig that. Yeah. Uh, and if you know, you know, you know. Yeah. And, and Paige, I know this because we talked about it after we saw it. Right. So maybe I'll just let you say it, but you don't love the title of this movie because the tone of this movie. Yeah, no, just wait till it gets back around yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I hated this movie both times we watched it. Paige was sitting next to me in the theater. This is the movie where she bonked <laughs> someone with the top of her pizza box. It I was pretty in there with a pizza box and then I watched Todd <laughs> almost have a heart attack. Because my watch kept going off because my heart rate was too fast. And I, t- I messaged you guys this morning that I missed probably 60% of this movie in the theaters like the guy getting his eye ripped out i remember yeah, s- you didn't remember any of 
we also collectively missed the beginning, which I realized <laughs> watching it last. I was like, oh, shit, that's right. We we were high and watched in late. Or Todd was high. Mikey was drunk. I had a blood bag and we walked in late. I had my blood bag. <laughs> All carrying pizzas. We were literally <laughs> the worst theater goers in that movie. It was a rowdy <laughs> festival screening. Like, it was fun. It was. it was a lot of fun. And then Paige assaulted someone with the top of her pizza yeah, box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the movie really, the only humor I had from the film was really Paige hitting that guy with the with the pizza box or the person in front of us it was so funny just because it was a dead silent moment and you hear like the little bonk and then i was like oh, 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 oh. Uh, i will say i i felt the humor more second time around oh did you i thought the scares were effective i thought it does a good sense of dread with the uh yeah. the kids start getting taken out left and right and I was like, oh, this is not like a fun ride. This is like a no. scary ride. When the kids died, I was like, oh, wow, they're going for it. I guess not all yeah. the kids, right? But like the two older kids die. You're like, fuck, that's crazy. And, well, and the, the neighbor kids, too. That one really gets me where I'm just like, oh. man. And then I liked I like the pacing of the film. I think it's really tightly paced. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I, I think it's a really effective horror film. I have more of the Evil Dead remake than the original Evil Dead. But I, I like the new stuff. So I, I really like this. I'm glad I made a bunch of money. I, could, I hope they keep making them. Oh. They're definitely going to keep making them after this We'll talk about it in box office but it's done well oh, And yeah. it hasn't been out a long long time right Because we saw it before it came out We saw it before it came out it only came out Like 420 was 421 I think was its release date It was yeah I'm looking at it right now it was April 21st Was its release date so it's it's pretty Fresh you can still see it in theaters as of This recording I do think it's Wild that we are recording this Episode on Mother's Day <laughs> and I, I think I, I didn't think about that <laughs> I think that it's sort of a good day to record it because it is sort Ugh. of all about a woman sort of grappling with whether she wants to have a child or not and deciding that she is ready to be a mom <laughs> yeah, because of what she's kill been her sister. That night. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I mean, that, that moment when the little girl asks her, yeah. are you going to be a mom? And she like takes a beat and she's like, yeah, I almost cried. I was like. They are acting the shit out of that scene at a time when you should not have this conversation. Well, and <laughs> like, I, I think it's a loaded question. I think it's actually twofold. I think it's not just, hey, are you going to have the baby that you are, we would assume, pregnant with? Are you going to take care of me? <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is, Paige. Yeah, right. No, it's written really well. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think so, too. One of the things that I liked about this movie is that it bakes in a lot of intentionality into it. And this is, yes. this is not the first horror movie that grapples with motherhood. There are, like, a lot no. of movies that do that. We've seen it. Aliens. <laughs> exactly. Like, there are a lot of horror movies that do that. And I, I think this movie does it especially well. I super dig that about it. The things I don't like about this are the fact that it's just super fucking jump scary, you know? It, it is very jump scary, and they do kill the kids. I don't love that they kill yeah. the kids. I thought they were setting up the oldest girl to be, like, the main character at the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. So it was unexpected when she got the axe. I, yeah, that one I, I do feel really bummed about because she, you do like her. I, one of the, the tough things in this movie for me is that they do set up very likable, empathetic characters yeah, yeah. that still just get got. And you're just like, damn, okay, shit. With like everybody in the building, really. They all yeah. get characterization moments that, that are pretty effective. Yeah, there's no one's an asshole and they still get got, really. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the shotgun in the movie, yeah. the old dude, I forget his name. 
he even gets humanized on some level. He's not like a bad dude. He's just like no. got a shotgun and they need one. So like he's got it. Yes. When he gets taken out and then, oh, fuck. This this whole movie was so scary. All the peephole shots like yeah. make me so uncomfortable. So when he, yeah. like we see the kid running down the hallway and then we see his body fly against the wall. And then oh. that, that old guy with a shotgun walks by. I was like, oh, I hate this so much. But everyone does get humanized and then killed, which I think is great. Brutally murdered. Yeah. It makes yeah. this movie really scary. It does. Okay. So on, on a first viewing, because I am I'm the Evil Dead purist here to rain on people's parades. So <laughs> I did not like the 2013 movie. I thought it was a good horror movie, but I think it's basically just a kid in a cabin movie. And I didn't like that they were like, this is an Evil Dead movie. I was like, this could be an anything movie. <laughs> like, there is nothing really tying it to Evil Dead. I'm not sure why we decided to make an Evil Dead movie without any of the vibe of Evil Dead. Well, do you mean like the comedy aspects when you say vibe? Because it does have the Necronomicon in it. It does have like a sure, lot of sure, the sure. feel of, and when I say feel, I don't it really mean feel. It doesn't have the feel of it. Yeah, that's I was that's say that. my problem. I mean like it has <laughs> yeah. the same setting. It's just not comedy. But even the first one is still a little goofy unintentionally or whatever. Was it unintentional? That's because they're reading the goofy Necronomicon, not the well-made one. There you go. (laughs) But like, my my thing about it is there is a a whole franchise worth of vibe that all collectively works together. Three full movies of it. You got three full movies and then an entire, uh, three seasons of a TV show. So like, when you put Evil Dead on something, that's what I'm kind of expecting. Yeah. I understand. Like, I know Bruce Campbell's not going to live forever, which is so sad. Uh, <laughs> and I know that he, it requires a lot of physical comedy. It requires a lot of everything. And I can't expect him to do that forever. I understand. I get it. But when I'm like, yeah, it's an Evil Dead, I view it as Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, Ash versus Evil Dead, all the other right. Evil Dead things. That's what I want. And so the 2013 one, I was like, you put the Necronomicon in it, but you didn't put any fucking heart in it. What are we doing here? Yeah. Like, there's nothing. There's no link. It literally could be, you know, command F insert here Necronomicon. (laughs) Like, yeah, you'd have to find another way for the possession to happen outside of the Necronomicon. Sure. Like literally that one change would make it not an Evil Dead movie. Right. Yeah. And and here's the thing. It's not a bad movie. No. Like just from a movie standpoint. I just don't feel like it's an Evil Dead movie. I think you have to make them scarier and a little bit more I serious don't think you than do. the old. Yes, because the Ash versus Evil Dead series, they've tried it. These movies didn't make a lot, ton of money. I mean, to get commercial success, they've had to kind of lean into the the hard horror aspects. I mean, if you had three seasons of a TV show, which they did, that's actually pretty commercially successful. But here's the thing: you don't have to make more Evil Dead anything. It can be called anything. Just let people write movies. Let somebody write a scary cabin in the woods movie with kids. I'll watch that shit. Or a scary high-rise apartment building movie, which is what yes, this one is, you. right? Like Now, here's the thing. Initially, when I saw this in theaters, I, I, I felt somewhat similar, although for me, it's not as different as the 2013 one. This, to me, feels closer to Evil Dead, even though it is scary. Yes. Like yeah. I think I think Evil Dead, the the 2013 one was way more 
hard horror, less evil dead. This, I think this for me is a good like compromise. This is closer to an in-between. And I will say, so in, in the theater, and I think part of this is because you're scared. It's in the moment you're not noticing everything. On a second watch, I liked this a lot better and was like, okay, if you were going to make Evil Dead scary, like truly scary, yeah. that's kind of what this is. And then going through fun facts, there are a ton of Easter eggs yeah. for the other Evil Dead movies. Not really 13, by the way. Like, the original ones. Well, yeah. I mean, I I don't know that you really need to be referential to the 2013 version because this to me is a similar tone as the 2013 version, meaning that it's scary. It's not a horror comedy, right? It's scary. Yeah. Here's what I want. I want the incompetent Necronomicon versus the competent Necronomicon <laughs> movie where like half the demons are scary as fuck and then half of them are kind of goofy and then people are scared out of their mind. I also don't think that being funny means something cannot be scary. You know, I look at something like a Shaun of the Dead that is funny and truly has scary moments. It has scary beats for sure, Paige. You're right. And honestly, Ash versus Evil Dead is that way too. I love Army of Darkness. Sure. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love it. I love it. But I understand wholeheartedly why that like killed the franchise for like 20 years. Uh, for sure. I understand. <laughs> but I also I also feel like we can write new horror movies. They don't have to be a franchise. You could just leave the franchise goofy. Yeah. No, so, and Paige, I completely understand and sort of agree with your point because you're you're not saying it's a bad movie. I think you no. sort, sort of said it's a good movie. It just doesn't yeah. feel like what. The Evil Deads we grew up with, and I didn't grow up with it because I didn't see them, but right. everyone grew up with, and I totally get that. It's a hard departure from what it used to be. This movie earned it. This movie had a lot more it did. of the vibe. Yeah. And the second viewing, I do like it a lot more. It did grow on me. I I would be okay. The way I'm kind of like thinking of it now is in terms of like Halloween, where you have like different tracks and this is the new track. <laughs> so 2013 was like Rob Zombie's Halloween. Uh, 2013 is basically Season of the Witch That's for me, where say, like yes, a lot of people yes, are going to pretend bitch. like it doesn't exist. Uh, no, I cannot compare 2013 to my favorite Halloween film. I do. Here's the thing. I do love Season of the Witch. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> but as far as like being an outlier that doesn't link exactly that, that's how i view it yeah uh now and this is the same thing when we were talking about uh like halloween ends where we were like this is a good movie this is not a halloween movie yeah like that's the same thing with these newer ones it's like i don't think 2013 is a bad movie i just don't it doesn't fit like it doesn't fit this kind of fits so 2013 feels to me like what you've met, we talked about it with Hellraiser. The the yes. movies that come later in the Hellraiser series yeah, are yeah, literally yeah, yeah, just yeah. horror movies they bought and then put right. Pinhead into, right? 2013 right. feels like someone wrote a spec script about a cabin in the woods and someone was like, drop the ne Necronomicon in and then we're done. We'll just shoot that movie. This movie feels more evil dead but scary to me. Yeah. It, to me, it feels like... 2013 was made to try and make a movie that was Evil Dead in name, but was completely different from Evil Dead, where they were like, yeah. air quotes, Evil Dead for a new generation. This movie feels like it was written by someone who loved the original movies, but just has their own spin on it. And after reading through a ton of stuff for fun facts, I think that's what happened. Okay. The director who also wrote it yes, seems did. to really love the originals and that's why there's a ton of easter eggs this is just his spin on it and 
he also wants Bruce back. And I'm like, that'd be wild. Uh, but he also established canon for why there's multiple tracks. So essentially in his mind, at least, there are now multiple tracks like Halloween, like multiple timelines, multiple books out in the world. And he said in an interview, he's like, we've already established time travel within the, the lore. So like, oh, yeah. you could join the timelines. Fuck. If we get an Evil Dead movie with Bruce Campbell, but scary, I might lose my mind. I like, would kind of love that. I would, I would watch the shit out of that. I just love Bruce Campbell. I loved him in Burn yeah. Notice. Like, I love yeah. him in everything he's done. He's so good. And especially reading about that, that kind of outlook, I'm on board for. Because here's, I don't have a problem with Evil Dead being scary. I just want some yeah. of the vibe of the original. And yeah. that's what this has. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that they added in the three books thing. I think that is such yes. a smart decision of like, this is why yeah. this feels different. Yeah. I also like that it's in the city. Mm-hmm. I think that was a great idea, too. Like, there's a lot that this movie does that I love. I think that's the one thing that Predators did right, and that's move it into the city. You know what I'm saying? Move it into the city? <laughs> Scream 6, Evil Dead Rise, Predator 2, City Hard. Or Predator 2, not Predators. I'm so sorry, Mikey. I can see how frustrated you were when I said that. It was Predator 2. Predators has Adrian Brody in it, where they get kidnapped and put on an alien planet where they get like a hunting preserve. I'm sorry, is that real? Yes. I, I haven't so. seen it. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the director that you were talking about, his name is Lee Cronin. Uh, he yes. honestly hadn't done a whole lot before this, at least not on this level. Like he had done shorts, he had directed some TV stuff, which isn't uncommon. And I'm assuming he wrote the script and was like, I want to direct it. And they were like, awesome. You've directed in the past. We've seen your TV work. It's great. Do it. I don't know that that's what happened, but he, his last directing credit was in 2020 and then he did this three years later. So I think he spent that time building the, lore and the script and all of that stuff Mm -hmm. into what we got and I think that time he spent on it really shows up on the screen and in the story it's really well done I would love for him to be the new Evil Dead director guy right like that would be great because he he knows what he's doing with it well this movie made a ton of money so I think he is yeah no he he is and like you said earlier Paige it's clear that like he has some love and reverence for the original trilogy, yes. right? Yeah. And that's so important, I think, in nailing that tone that I think you, Paige, That need. I want, yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But because, again, this movie, so much closer to what I want than 2013. Unfortunately for 2013, uh, so they originally started working on t- the 2013 one in t- 2011 with Diablo Cody writing the script. I do like and some of like, Diablo Cody stuff though, man. Like she's well, Jennifer's body. Well, Jennifer's we body. We would have gotten and... a traditional Evil Dead. Well, yeah. <laughs> and this would have been not long after J Bod came out, um, and J Bod didn't do well. And so I think mm. that's probably part of what happened. <sighs> if J Bod had come out literally, I know four years ago, it would have crushed. I know. J Bod, look at a movie that is like funny, but also has like legit horror mo- yes. moments in it. It's gory as shit. Like. One of the best, biggest laughs I've ever had watching a horror movie was, I don't know who it is, but the guy says, you sort of have to sell your soul to the devil if you want to oh, yeah, yeah, make yeah, it big yeah. or whatever. If you don't get on Letterman, that's what it be, is. it's yeah. basically just selling your soul to Satan. <laughs> yeah. God, it's uh, so Adam funny. Brody, yes. Adam it's, Brody, oh, that's what it is. Such such a fucking good movie. Yeah. Um, but so they then rewrote the script with different writers in 2012. And so I think maybe we had they kept her script we would have had a funny one but i'm betting that because j bod didn't do well that's part of why it leaned way more 
horror and less funny. This movie, I think, is even a little kind of closer to J-Bot. It does have a little more of that weird vibe to it. So like, I think so. I have faith in the new guy because I think he loves the originals. Yeah. Like truly loves the originals. Yeah. I I honestly can't wait to see what he does next. And it sounds like it's going to be another Evil Dead film, which is great. Yeah. But I feel like when you give people a shot, like this guy was a TV director before this. Yeah. And they knock it out of the park. He's going to be doing movies the rest of his career. Oh, yeah. I I felt like he was smart to establish. Yes. To get his own timeline. Because I feel like audiences today want gore and and like scary scary right sure, now. Sure, sure. I think you're right. Well, and, and I think there's room for that even within a funny movie. I, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. There are some funny beats in this movie. Yeah. They are funnier the second time around when you're not terrified, I will say. It, it definitely <laughs> reads a little more funny. But I also think, so I read through a ton of interviews with him okay. to do fun facts. He is almost definitely doing the next one. Good. <laughs> uh, which I was like, thank goodness. Yeah. And I think he did this one to like, all right, they want the gory scary because everything he has said about like, I mean, anything could happen this and this could happen i was like oh he wants to make a crazy evil dead movie like hell yeah he want and just it's a little bloodier maybe a little scarier he wants it nuts he wants it crazy and so i'm like all right all right i'll trust you man this seems dope yeah i think we should trust him after this and the only reason i think he wouldn't be doing the next one is because he didn't want to with how much money he had other things to do Yeah, with how much money this movie's made, there's no way they're not going to offer it to him at least, right? Well, and I'll burn a fun fact right now. Do it. Because the 2013 one did okay, it didn't do amazing. This was supposed to be a streaming movie, much like Prey. What? Yes, this was supposed to be for HBO Max and just be a streaming movie, but then they showed it in test screenings and people were like, holy fuck, what? Like, what? Yeah. And so that's when they decided to release it, which I don't know if you, well, Todd, you probably don't. Mikey, you might remember this. Mm -hmm. We saw trailers and stuff for Evil Dead Rise. And then it was out just like months later where I was like, wait a second. Didn't we like just hear about this? Like, (laughs) and it's because it was already made. They were going to just drop it on HBO Max, right? Yeah. Wow. Which whoever made that decision made a smart decision because this movie made bank. Smile, this, I think Barbarian at one point was even meant to go streaming. Yeah. All those were great decisions to take it to theaters, I think. And- if you get a chance to see this in a theater, definitely do see it in a I theater. I would, yeah, I would encourage you guys, if you like being scared and like the scary aspects of movies, go to the theater to see this if, you, if it's still in by the time you're listening to it. Because I watched this upstairs and on my big TV, blackout curtains, and it was scary the second time I watched it. And I did force yeah. myself to watch it. I didn't cover my face like I did in the theaters. And it was almost as scary as the first time I saw it in the theater. Oh, it's it held very up. Scary. I, I'm, I'm not rating this a one today. And and I, I would have rated it probably a six or so after we saw it in theaters. And Same. Six or seven. Yeah. In theaters, it was a six or a seven easily for I know for Todd it was like a fucking nine that was wild so if I could adjust my hereditary score to 10 because that is the scariest movie I've ever seen I would have put this at a nine in theaters for sure you you were having a tough time my 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 heart rate monitor was going off again today it wasn't quite as much as it was in the theater when you were like what is going on with your watch (laughs) (laughs) are you okay they're also they're all earned there's no cheap jump scares all them are earned 
and you forget some of them because it had been a couple weeks that I was like, that's right. She does the thing here. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, dude. But I knew I was going to love the youngest little girl. I can't remember her name. Cassie. Yeah. At first I was like, oh, she seems sort of dumb because she cut off a doll's head to put the scrunchie on its neck. And then when I realized she built it and then she named it Staffney. I was yeah. like, oh, no, Staffney. this kid is legit a genius, and I love her. Yeah. Stephanie's great. She is adorable and sweet, and after this movie starts killing her siblings, I'm like, oh, my God, if they kill Cassie, we riot. Like, no, <laughs> like, I can't. I know, right? I'm so glad Cassie didn't die. <laughs> but let's get into this movie so we can talk about it scene by scene. Yes. We open with shaky cam in the forest which is a great nod to the originals yeah page i love that this is almost a possession misdirect because yes, we come is. to find out as it gets over the lake it's a drone right and i think that that's drone. so cool and the director lee cronin does a lot of this he sets up a lot of shots that we then see the exact same shot later but creepy and this is one of those. I yeah. actually took notes on it. Okay, cool. I, I'm sure I missed some, but this is definitely one of them because we do see possession cam two other times in this movie where it is sort of creepy and scary. These are the things that make an Evil Dead movie, even if it's scary. Ghost cam. Yeah. Yeah, ghost cam. The original films include this too. The original films did it by attaching a camera onto a piece of plywood and holding it from above because the camera was so heavy it would make the plywood bounce. Yes. And so that's how they got the... The look of it kind of bouncing through the forest. I remember you talking about that on an Evil Dead 2 episode. But yeah, but that's Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2. Like, that's yeah. OG. And that's the kind of thing that, like, we missed this scene in the theaters. I would have loved to have seen it. And now you would do it with a drone. So it's almost kind of a nod to, like, how we would do this now. But that is that is classic Evil Dead. That's Those are the touches that 2013 is missing for me. Is that kind of shit. Oof. 2013 is a scary movie. Like, that's not what I'm saying, but I did not like 2013 because it <laughs> was like, th- there's that tree sexual assault thing that I that also oh. occurs in the first evil death I know I know it's just <laughs> it, it's just so much more aggressive I don't know 2013 is a great horror movie but it, it's pretty aggressive yeah it's just so scary when we were at panic fest somebody at the festival because they asked we we were really excited we were walking in to see it and somebody asked me they were like well did you like 2013 and I was like no and they were like good you'll like this one <laughs> and they then said 2013 has a real angry energy that doesn't fit the vibe. And I was like, that's it. Like, that is what it is. It's not chaos because deadites are chaos. That is their thing. It was truly malice and anger. And I was like, you're right. I think that's it. But also pieces like this of like, we're going to do a shaky cam shot because it's Evil Dead. Sorry. I, it, you look like you just had a like a thought. Yeah. I, I sort of did. So I, I do like that the demon possession doesn't necessarily seem to be like Satan devil related. It seems to be more chaos related. It's its own thing. Which I super dig. Yeah. I, I really yes. like that. It's not a priest that comes in and saves somebody, right? Right. It is them fighting against chaos, which life is chaos that you're just trying to manage. So like, I yeah, think I Sure. dig that vibe more but anyway i i never put that together Paige. so when you said they're chaos i was like oh like my brain was like they churning. even actually say it in this movie it's one of the things that in ash versus evil dead it's very apparent
apparent. And in Evil Dead 2, very apparent. <laughs> Army of Darkness is just wild. <laughs> but the mythology of the Necronomicon and it's it's ancient Sumerian air quotes is what it's supposed to be. Okay. The mythology behind it is that it's a almost like a violent trickster god. That's more left-hand path magic. It is very left-hand path magic. Yeah, I super dig that. Yeah. It is just destruction, chaos, and in this, it is blood chaos, basically. And the same with blood the others. Chaos. But that's why <laughs> deadites tend to scream and laugh. Yeah, okay. Which is not necessarily the case in 2013. I mean, like, they're... They're kind of like, we're just out to get you. This is evil. We're trying to get right. Whereas in two, three, the TV show and this movie, it's almost like you have the Deadites rooting for chaos. And you see that there's another shot that is definitely a callback to old Evil Dead through the peephole where the older sister turns and the mom is cheering her on. Oh, yeah. Because she's banging that on it? is... Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. And, but not like, let me in, like, yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, More like she's happy. She's not even saying yes, anything. She's because just like, yeah. it is chaos. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes. yeah. Absolutely, Paige. That to me is one of those shots where I'm like, this is someone who understands Evil Dead and understands the mythology. <laughs> yeah. So the movie opens, shaky cam. There's a doc. Uh, turns out it's a drone, but it, it's such a fun callback. Yeah. And it's... Some guy, we barely get a chance to meet him. There's a girl reading on the dock. They do not seem to get along. His name is Caleb. Is it Caleb? The girl on the dock's name is Teresa. And the girl who is possessed, her name is Jessica. I only know that because I'm looking at the IMDb right now. They are only in the movie Ah. for like three minutes. Yeah, barely. Now, I do know that everyone in the movie is named after someone who was in a previous Evil Dead movie. Just to burn another fun fact. Love that. But, like, that's the kind of stuff that I found out in fun facts that I was like, all right, I trust this person with more Evil Dead movies. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. So he walks on the dock with the drone, and she's like, can you keep that away from my face? You'd cut my head off with it. He's like, no, but it would scramble your face up pretty good. I do love that he almost hit her with it, and she's like, don't try and cut my head off. And he's like, don't worry about it. It would only fuck up your face. Like still don't do it Like that's also a good reason to not do it Now this we missed in the theaters Yeah I was excited to see this part Yeah we came in right at the end Of this little thing right where she's like Coming up out of the water uh, I'll, I'll point out where we came in Yeah, okay, 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 <laughs> I remember okay, okay. too it's when she kneels down with her head scalped I was like oh we missed no, it's, stuff It's when she drops the scalp on the dock Oh, yeah, That was yeah, like yeah. the first thing we saw Yeah and I was like I'm gonna fuck <laughs> You just next to me, you just said, like, oh shit. Oh god. (laughs) And I I was already laughing at you. It was great. We weren't intentionally gonna go see this movie. Yes. This sort of happened because like we just had nothing to do at the time. And we're like, oh, Evil Dead's gonna play. Let's go. We were supposed to go to an after party that no one else showed up to because they all went to go see Evil Dead. And we were like, we should just go see Evil Dead. So I was not at all prepared to see a scary movie that night. And when I sat down, I was like, (laughs) Yeah, we had just seen Renfield. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and Renfield. Great movie, very different vibe than this, right? Very different. Yeah. Vibe. But when I sat down, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have my head in my hands for sixty to eighty percent of this movie," and I did. <laughs> Indeed. So she basically says, "How is Jessica doing? Is she feeling better?" And he's like, "I gave her a clonopin, so I don't give a shit." And you're just like, "Wow, he does not care." Okay. You gotta get that drone shot. I have done crazy things to get drone shots. I was going to say Caleb's got some strong Todd energy, but I wasn't going to say it because I'm trying to be nicer. I don't have the goggles, but yeah, sort of. I could see Todd drugging Natalie to to (laughs) get a drone shot. Like, uh, yeah, I'll be right back. 
for the record, would do. Uh-oh. No, <laughs> no, but Caleb gave her that because she was possessed. I mean, she was sick. Like we yeah, see yeah. some of those symptoms with the mother character. L. L. Thank you. But she is like in bed, and he's out here because you know they're at the cabin or whatever. But when it's revealed that Caleb is Jessica, who is sick, who he just like gave a clonopin to, is the boyfriend of her. I was like, oh, yes. he's a terrible dude. Yeah, he's not a good guy. So it hurts my feelings that you were like, this guy had real Todd energy, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, so we, we we cut to the cabin where Teresa has gone to check on Jessica, who is her cousin. Yes. They do establish that. Yeah. And she, I do love that she's reading Withering Heights. I was like, that seems like a, someone who is at the lake and didn't necessarily want to be there. <laughs> like True, but it is also an Easter egg for Barbarian. Is it? Because in Barbarian, uh, she's reading Jane Eyre. So it's a Bronte novel, Easter egg. Yeah. Okay. Weathering Heights is a very sad, sad book. It's one of those things where people are like, it's so romantic. And you're like, is it? Um, you should talk to someone, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, oh no. <laughs> you know what's romantic? Tragedy. No, no, no. <laughs> you know what's romantic? Toxic relationship. I mean, we have a whole podcast dedicated to that page. And no matter how many times I tell people, I'm like, you got to have shoulders to be that toxic. <laughs> no, <laughs> terrible. You better look like the beast from Beauty and the Beast to be this level of toxic and buy me a library. You better also have a jet. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. She comes into the cabin, there's a bunch of flies. Which will recur, and I'll burn another fun fact, that fly sound effect, which they use multiple times in this movie, is an in-joke for Evil Dead. It's used in every Evil Dead movie and the Evil Dead TV show, the same sound effect. So it's like the Wilhelm scream, but for Evil Dead specifically, and I love that. Yep. So there's a bunch of flies. Jessica's on the bed, not doing good. And Teresa's like, hey, so like none of your other friends showed up and I'm kind of stuck here with you and your terrible boyfriend. Like, can I take your car and go home and then you go home with him? Yeah. And she's not responding. She is kind of laughing at her a little bit under her breath, which is a little eerie. She calls Caleb like a meat popsicle or something like that, which she references later. But that's when she starts laughing on the bed. Right. Brainless meat puppet. That's what it is. Is what she calls it. Brainless meat puppet. Yeah. But when Teresa says that to her, that's when Jessica, who is like laying down facing away from Teresa, that's when she starts laughing. Yes. And then she goes back to reading her book and then she looks up and Jessica is like sitting up in bed. It's it's worse than that. Jessica is reciting. Yes, oh, Jessica sits up, but then she's right. reciting the words that Teresa is reading and Teresa oh, is yeah. like, you love Weathering Heights too? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Thank you for coming to my impromptu book club. That's my favorite passage when we talk about how sad we are. We can't be together because of our own self-constructed reasons (laughs) so then jessica slumps off the bed fucking bronte bronte sounds like every girl i've dated ever do you think that maybe that's because you go after every bronte girl in the nashville area yeah this is on you bro i mean the problem is is that you know bronto in the streets pronto in the sheets you know what i'm saying i see what you're saying definitely not true (laughs) i have known my fair share of bronte girls and that is not true 
shooting yourself in the foot on that one. You need to find yourself a good, like, Oscar Wilde lady. Like, someone who likes the wit. Actually, Todd's right on that one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this lady slumps off the bed because no one gave her a quesadilla. They just gave her clonopin. Yeah, Caleb. <laughs> I'm not going to waste my good clonopin or quesadillas on somebody. He could have used the drone to take her the quesadilla. <laughs> That's like love shit. I just see Caleb, like, wearing his goggles in the kitchen, flying a quesadilla Dropping over it to over her. a skillet. <laughs> And picking it back up. Yeah, if this is my lake house, I've got like G.I. Joe set up in my goggles. I'm like, okay, we're going to dive bomb the base. Zoom, zoom. Where's Jessica? I don't know. Sure, her books are the problem. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely Bronte women that are the problem in this relationship, Mikey. Oh, Weathering Heights. I hate them. Not as much as Jane Eyre. I hate Jane Eyre. Weathering Heights is just super sad. Jane Eyre is... I think a little more problematic than Withering Heights. Well, I think the reason Jane Eyre was in Barbarian was because of the whole locked in the basement yes, versus locked in the attic kind yeah. of thing. But yeah. Jane Eyre fits the vibe of Barbarian way better. A yeah. woman's place is locked in the attic is what Jane Eyre is saying. <laughs> I mean, there is a woman and and she is in that place. <laughs> it's, he, her husband's trying to remarry. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Anyway, so Teresa runs over to Jessica who slumped on the floor she goes to listen like and Jessica like barfs up a ton of shit that'll come back later oh yeah the porridge or whatever or it's like yeah it looks like she's an android on a ship in the alien yeah. franchise <laughs> but <laughs> Teresa goes to listen to her heartbeat and as she does Jessica strangles her and says who's the brainless meat puppet now and literally takes her braid rips it back taking a chunk of her scalp with it yes it is, is brutal graphic too man you see the scalp you see your bald like i say bald head but it's like it's all bloody it's not bald bloody like, skull yeah, yeah yeah it's like skull yeah it's crazy the fact that she doesn't when jessica runs out to go approach caleb the fact that Teresa is her name does not grab her scalp, run to the car and GTFO. I was like, why are you going to the dock? Don't do that. Well, A, I think she needs the keys because that's what she was coming to ask Jessica about <gasps> to begin with. Actually, it's because Jessica, who Jessica was possessed, has her, scalp. has her scalp. Yeah, I wonder if she went out there. She's, she's like, hey, I, I need that. I have to go to the doctor <laughs> I, now. I need that, And I please. need the top of my head. I have school on Monday. Please. I love that haircut. <laughs> I'm taking it. <laughs> so we cut out to the dock where Caleb is peeing into the lake and Jessica walks out and just drops the chunk of hair with scalp attached onto the dock yeah. and grabs the drone out of the air and deliberately cuts her face up, knocking herself into the water. So here's Ugh. where I divert from the film. If someone did both of those two things, I would not dive in after them. Same, Mikey. If Natalie had ripped off her friend's scalp and then razored her face with the uh, the drone or whatever and then fell in the water, I'd be like, okay, well, she's dead. I'm leaving. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to jump into water after her. I'm not going to become a person of interest. <laughs> also, like, if someone is that unwell where they're scalping your friends and then also hurting themselves like that and then diving into the water and they also look like a demon... Right. Which, like she obviously looks very different than she did two hours ago. Yeah. You, they could very easily drown you if you go in after them. Oh, yeah. Or like we see happen to Caleb, rip his head off. And it's like, yeah. it's not like just at the neck. Like it's down no, it's into like the torso. Yeah. It is like a deep V compared to a decapitation. Well, what do you think was going to happen to him when he ignored her and left her upstairs and just <laughs> yeah, gave her that's a the and strength <laughs> she, right there? Women always just rip your head off for stuff like that. Stop just ignoring us. Yeah. Yeah. If you would just make them a quesadilla and stop playing with your drone and army men, they would be nicer to you, Mikey. Why are there whole 
whole pills in this quesadilla. <laughs> because daddy needs a video game day. Just eat the quesadilla. <laughs> First off, gross. Secondly, <laughs> I do love hearing Mikey refer to himself as daddy. And I think some of the listeners will as well. Oh. Dislike. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Unprovoked. (laughs) So he jumps in after Jessica to save her. He gets his head got and it gets tossed back onto the deck where Teresa is just like covered in blood because head wounds bleed a lot. Oh, yeah. And just screaming. And then we watch as Jessica rises out of the lake floating above it as the title card appears. She should have put a toboggan on. Like a wool <laughs> toboggan. You wouldn't even notice. It's like uh, when bald guys wear hats with hair in them. Wait, a toboggan? What do you think a toboggan is? In the South, a toboggan is a sled. Yeah. And it's also a hat you a wear. Yeah. yeah, it's like a cap. Okay, I have yeah. never heard of it referred to as a hat. It's got double meanings. Like bi-weekly. It's every two weeks and it's twice a week. This is something that I learned when I moved to San Diego, Paige. Okay. Toboggan does not mean the same thing in San Diego no. that it did in Tennessee. That is very correct. <laughs> so I understand like, your confusion. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I was like, why don't you put a sled on her but, head? But Mikey, as far as in the South is concerned, was right. <laughs> I think it's got two meanings in the dictionary. I think I'm okay. I've definitely heard it used that way. I don't know if it's technically that definition, but you're not wrong. In the dictionary, a sled <laughs> or a downward course or sharp decline uh, or a stocking cap, there we but go. only in Southern and Midland US. So Boom, it is regional. Yeah. Nailed it. knows what okay. talking about. Yeah. But uh, let me point this out before we move past it, though, Paige. The title card slides up from behind yes. the forest that's on the other side of the lake. So it is yep. so cool. This shot is it's very yeah, cool it's looking. literally amazing. When I saw this, I was like, this guy knows this guy being the director knows what this he's doing. This guy knows movies. And he knows yeah. how to make them like visually stunning. And it is. This is it's a very so visually good. cool It's so shot. good. And it cuts from that shot to another super cool shot yeah. where we're seeing her legs floating above the water in the foreground and then in the background, slightly out of focus just because it's far away, Teresa's on the dock screaming. Yeah. And I'm just like, fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like, this is great. It was this moment in the theater I knew I was fucked. Yes. Because it was like the first three minutes of the movie, super scary. And like, I knew the production value was also going to be there to make it compellingly scary. Yeah. So credits, we cut to a concert and it says one day earlier. Now, I will argue, depending on where this concert is, it may have to be slightly more than one day earlier. (laughs) There's a bit of a timeline. I assume the show was in. Oh no, she flies in because she's because Beth says yep. it was. Uh, she took a taxi from LAX or whatever. So she yes. she did just fly in. You might be right. Yeah, feel like she quit at this moment. It does not say that she might have though. Like it doesn't say she it, might so have. I don't know. But all we really see is her in the bathroom. And I'll say this. The biggest venue bathroom I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And she's taking a pregnancy test. Yes. Now, what we do find out is this is before Curtain. So this is before the show starts. If it's before the show starts, it's probably 7, 7.30. Right. Um, and if she's a guitar tech, which she is in the movie, she would, she probably, it would, so like there's a lot of like setup yeah. before the shows, right? Guitar techs mm-hmm. are in charge of all the guitar equipment, obviously. But she probably right. finished setting up around 5, 5.30 mm-hmm. and then has had almost nothing to do except for eat dinner between that time and the, when the show actually starts. Right. And then unless she's just helping out the opening bands, which she 
usually is under no obligation to do. Yeah. She doesn't need to work again until ro- probably 9 or 9.30. Right. And then she's there in case anything goes wrong. So she would have some downtime. So I think Mikey may be right. Maybe she took the pregnancy test at like 7, 7.30, realized she was pregnant. She was like, I need to go. Yeah. I have to get out of here. And then she flew from like some city that was close, like a San Francisco down or yeah, whatever. Well, so so that's what I'm thinking. One of one of the following has happened. Either she got to go and she was in NorCal or whatever. Yeah, and something just flew because it's only a 45 minute flight or whatever, because yeah. we know that she gets to Los Angeles within time for the the kids to a still be awake and b to order pizza it's like before dinner for them so like yeah you're right yeah so like best case scenario let's say for argument's sake she's out of there by six she has to get to the airport get on a plane that plane takes an hour the drive from lax to where they're at is another hour and a half (laughs) give or take depending on when you're driving it right So at best, she gets there at like 10 p.m., which I think could still potentially work, maybe, but it's a stretch. This family does seem like a very alternative version of what a family is because the the mom's like a tattoo artist, it seems like. Yes. Their aunt is a guitar tech on the road. Like, it's not like a traditional suburb family. And I I honestly sort of love that aspect of this movie because these are the people that I want to fucking hang out with, you know? like they're They're the fun people that have the fun stories, right? So, I I mean, I I sort of could buy that. I think the way to fix the timing issue is change that one day earlier uh, to the scene where Beth is arriving at the house that night. Well, so here's here's my other potential version that I think works better. She lied. She lied. And she didn't want her sister to know that she was in town. Yeah, that could be. Because it seems like she and her sister have some friction about her career. And so she says, air quotes, I flew in from LAX today. And when she's talking to all of them, she had just gotten back from Bangkok and she was giving them presents and stuff. But we know that she wasn't just in Bangkok. <laughs> no, it would have taken her a day just to fly home. Like, it would have taken true, forever. True. That venue is clearly a, a trash American venue. <laughs> like, <laughs> Having played in a lot of trash American venues, yes, it was. Yes, yeah. I think it's very <laughs> possible uh, that she was already in L.A. and she lies about it. That's possible, too. Yeah, we, yeah. we don't ever get confirmation. And it's honestly not super important to the movie. Like, nope. I mean, I was just going to let you two go on for another 10 minutes about it, but what? It's fine. <laughs> that, that's my only thing that, like, on watching it a second time, I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Anyway, it is implied from that shot that she is pregnant, although we don't know for sure until the very end of the movie. Yeah. It puts the question. It is Chekhov's fetus, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, it is very much, this is going to pay off later, but we don't get any kind of confirmation. I mean, the way she talks to her sister, you pretty much know when she gets there. Yeah. Yes. I thought she was the whole time, but we don't technically on screen get confirmation until like the end of the second act. But Mikey, the, the conversation you're referring to is before Elle gets turned yeah. and where, where Beth says, I fucked up again and I need your help. Yeah. So we watch as a car pulls up outside an older apartment building in the rain in what appears to be downtown Los Angeles um, or somewhere downtown adjacent. Yeah. We cut upstairs into one of the apartments where we see Elle and she's repairing tattoo machines. and But she clearly has like paper, paintbrushes, pens, everything else on the desk. So she is probably a, a tattoo artist. That's the vibe I got too. Yeah. Repairing her own machine. Yes. Her oldest, Bridget, comes in complaining about needing a t-shirt for a protest. It's not in the laundry. I can't find it. Um, we see her son, Danny, who's kind of a burgeoning DJ, spinning uh, albums in his room. Now, his sound setup, had he survived this film, I was like, he's going to be making beats 
for famous people someday. Yeah. Like Home Dude had <laughs> a set up. Yeah. It was amazing. It was great. I, I honestly love that shit. He was very passionate. I also love that this movie ties to the Lilo and Stitch universe because mm. I see your faces. I'll get you there, baby birds. Okay, but like right. when Elle comes in possessed and they stop the record player, she puts her finger on the record player and then the sound comes out of her mouth. Yes. Just like Stitch does in Lilo and Stitch. And I love that. Yeah, that's great. I yeah. didn't I didn't realize that I that Stitch was a deadite. I haven't seen <laughs> Lilo and Stitch in a while. I've only seen it the one time. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've seen it twice, but that that's clearly stuck with me. Yeah, no, I do remember that scene. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do like the theory that Stitch is a deadite. He's not Stitch an alien. Stitch is a deadite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could be a deadite alien. Yeah, who knows? He could be both. So Cassie is cutting the head off a doll. Meaning she's definitely well adjusted. Yeah. <laughs> she definitely has proper parental supervision. Yeah. Well, and, and Elle is like, you better not have my scissors. And she just like tosses them under the bed because she definitely had the scissors. Oh, yeah. She was using them to cut the head off. I do love that because the scissors come back. Like, this is also Chekhov scissors. And this is one of the things I think this movie does better than a lot of other movies in general, not even just horror movies. Oh, yeah. It, like, plants things and it shows you them. And it's like, hey, this is important for later. This is important for later. Like, it, he, he does a very good job of that. And I appreciate it. The movie does a great job of establishing the world of the apartment yeah like the space we're living in for this yeah. movie yeah. yes because it is like a single location movie largely but i still dug it like i don't I, i'm not saying that as a complaint like i do no, sometimes no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm agreeing with you yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah. In, in a short amount of time too because this movie's only 97 minutes long that's not very long and yeah. there's no fat on this movie there it does not drag it immediately gets into it sometimes it can be hard to fit in that much establishment of your single location film. It's something that we've complained about in other movies before where they didn't set it up and so you don't really know where everything is and it's kind of disorienting. I felt that way about Bodies, Bodies, Bodies a little yes. bit. I felt that way yeah. about Bodies, Bodies, too. Anyway, the doorbell rings and it's two of the kids from next door and they're watching all the Freddy movies in a row, even the bad ones, even though there aren't any bad ones, which is very fun. But this is the establishing shot for the peephole. This is the first time we see someone through the peephole, which is going to be huge later on. Yeah. But Bridget's like, no, I'm not going to hang out with you. Uh, Cassie teases her about it. They all kind of wrestle onto Danny's bed in the recording studio portion of the home. Well, the D the DJ part of the, the DJ home. Yeah. portion. Yeah. I think this this exists to just be like these kids love each other, even though it's a weird time. It's a weird apartment. They're going through yeah. some shit. Yeah. And it makes it so much more painful when they die. I it know. really sucks. When you see them like this, you're like, okay, this is the crew that survives. Exactly. Yes. I thought all the adults was going to die. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't tell which of the kids were the oldest, but Bridget, I thought- Bridget, I think is the oldest. You think Bridget's the oldest? Yeah, I couldn't tell if Bridget or Danny were older. I thought Bridget was going to be sort of the quintessential like final girl, if you want to call her like that. Mm -hmm. The babysitter and don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Exactly. You know, like, that oh, kind yeah. of vibe, right? But it turns that- trope on its head a little bit i mean it does establish beth as also possibly being that mm. but i thought because she was older she was gonna be a part of the kill count and she was not well and I, I think everyone kind of dies in tandem with things that we learn about them in this scene so like with bridget we learn about you know the uh protesting that she's very active she cares about other people she is kind of a second mother figure in the home yes. since her dad has gone and essentially, the reason she dies, truly, 
is because she was protecting Cassie. Yeah, like, absolutely. She mm-hmm. sacrifices herself in a way, and it just kind of it takes longer to kill her, but like she steps in to protect people. Yeah, and so it's that's what also makes it so hard for some of those deaths where it's like. Because Danny does the same thing of like, they both die protecting Cassie. Yeah. And you just, it hurts. You're just like, man, (laughs) like that's, they're good people. And it's just a brutal chaos. I like that there are only good people in this movie. Yeah, pretty much. I like that. I definitely have some thoughts on shotgun guys, likely political stance, but like other than that, you know. We only saw him at his best, maybe in this movie. You're right. You're right. Anyway, the doorbell rings again as Elle is trying to rinse her hair out because she's been dyeing her hair. Yeah. Nobody answers it because they're all in the other room together. Elle goes to answer and it looks like there's nobody there, but... It is her sister, Beth, jump scare. Yeah. And this yep. is where she says, I Ubered straight from LAX. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Who knows? But they kind of trade barbs of like, have you been sleeping? You look like mom. Well, you look like a tampon. Like, you know. <laughs> because she has a white towel and she's been dyeing her hair red. So, yes. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I did think that that was a funny line. Like, I think that's some of the humor that they're bringing in here, you know? Yeah. So we find out in this scene that Beth was able to just walk in off the street into the apartment building. No buzzer, no nothing. She just walked in. Yeah. And Elle is like, well, yeah, they're actually knocking this building down in a month. So we know it is not architecturally sound. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and and also upkeep probably hasn't been done in a year and a half if they're locking it down in a month, you know? So like things, the power going out makes sense, you know? And it doesn't immediately alert them that something might be wrong on a supernatural level, right? Yeah. Unless earthquakes are supernatural, which, you know, jury's still out. We don't really know. They're not. Yeah, Paige, there's no scientific evidence that can prove where earthquakes come from, Paige. I mean, there, there's only like an entire earthquake alert system, like all kinds of but, shit. But it's when the satanic plates rub together. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I learned in Sunday school. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. It's the roof tiles of hell, just like that. <laughs> ah. <laughs> they're moving the hell shingles around, guys. <laughs> yeah, they're moving the hell shingles around. They got too hot. Well, we'll talk about earthquakes when we get there, because... I would guess neither of you have have sat through a 5.5. No, fuck no. I slept through a bunch of threes when I was in San Diego. (laughs) I bring the (laughs) 5.5. And I'm pretty sure girls sleep through it. Anyway. (laughs) Follow me. They're like, there's not a quesadilla at the end of this, so. If you're having sex just for the quesadilla, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, you should go to Taco Bell. Exactly. (laughs) I'm just saying quesadilla is a bonus. It is, yeah. If you could have good sex and a quesadilla, wouldn't you want that? Oh, I would definitely take both for sure. Yeah. I'm just demanding what I think I'm worth. (laughs) You got to raise that price if it's just a quesadilla, Paige. Oh, no. It's good sex and a quesadilla. Okay. But you know what? I've never had trouble getting that quesadilla. Hell yeah. Anyway. So they're going to tear the building down. This is also where we find out that the dad has left. Yeah. And the way it's done made me sort of sad because clearly Beth doesn't know. She's like, where's I, I got this mug for your dad. And it's like a gag sort of mug yeah. that looks like a urinal. Yeah. And then everyone you feel the air get sucked out of the room. And then Elle is like, hey, um, kids, go get pizza. Yeah. I have to talk to your sister about how shitty my ex-husband is. Well, and we know that it's been two months. So it's new. So it's likely when around when they found out they were going to knock the building down, too. So it's like, 
all of it. So my theory on the dad is obviously he's not a good person, but he found out that she wanted a divorce and the building was going to be knocked down and he's just like, fuck it, I'm out and left, you know? Mm. I thought he was just going to go get cigarettes. He's going to come back any time. <laughs> he went to go get pizza, but he fell into the hole in the basement. Yeah. So this is also where we meet Staphne. Yeah. Which is basically a, a sharp piece of wood that has the cutoff baby doll head on it. Love it. We stand Staphne. Yeah. I love that she called it Staphne. Like, I I don't know. That's sort of, again, some of the funny stuff when Cassie's like, this is my friend Staphne. Yes. I'm like, hell yes. yeah, Cassie. Hell yeah. Yep. And we hear the ghost story that Danny has been telling her about the building, that it used to be a bank uh, and a teller hung themselves and then became a ghost. And if the ghost finds you, it takes all your money, which I think is a fun little like mini, <laughs> mini world building. Yeah. The ghost is like Danny Ocean. It's like going to con you out of your money. <laughs> con you out of your money. Yeah. There's a lot of former bank buildings in L.A. that become other things. It's super common. Mm. There's one where there's a restaurant where you eat in the vault. There are a bunch of churches in Nashville that have been converted into like office buildings or, or hotels and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great way to deal with the vacant churches that were in Nashville because people weren't able to keep up the rents because membership dropped. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so they get sent to go get pizza. Meanwhile, Elle and Beth are talking and she's just like, what do you mean he left? And she's like, yeah, he just pays me child support and calls that co-parenting. He just fucking left yeah. like two and a half months ago. And she's like, why didn't you call me? I would have come home. And she's like, I did call you. Yeah. Like twice. I left you multiple voicemails and we do hear her listen to them like at the time. This is me. I'm like, why did you send a text? I don't understand. I mean, <laughs> I, I would have sent a text that was like, hey, I really need to talk to you about something or whatever. Yeah, this news is so big, you may not want to break it through text. So I sort of get why yeah. you wouldn't say, hey, my shitbag husband left or whatever in a text. No, but like I have right. an emergency call me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably what I would do. But either way, Beth is clearly a little bit disconnected from her family. I mean, she was just yeah. in Bangkok. Like, she was out of the country. Yes. So, like, I get that, like, not even just being far away, but, like, time zones being what they are, it may have been hard to connect, but yeah. it clearly has been two months since they've really talked at least. Yeah. I, I also will say that, and I'm sure this is the same with you two, there are some people whose calls I answer no matter what. Yes. Like, for the most part. Yeah, same. Because I feel like if you're calling me, something is wrong. <laughs> And so I need to answer it right away. <laughs> Who are your two people? My parents. Sure. Uh, although more my mom than my dad. No, nothing personal, dad. <laughs> it's just that like mom usually texts. And so if my mom is calling me, I'm like, something is up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only two people I answer every time they call is my mom because my father's passed away and the Pope. Yeah. Oh. He hasn't called me yet, but you know, he might. And I'll definitely answer it. He might. Yeah. He might be too old. I I answer <laughs> I answer my mom and then my brothers, I think, yeah. and then work stuff. Of course, yeah. Because of your job, there's probably a longer list for you of people you always pick up for. No one is dying at my workplace, right? So, like, yours is a little bit different. They don't call for that. Usually they only call if something bad has happened or I have messed up. When we were in Kansas City, you saw me take a call like this, although uh -huh. that person texted ahead of time because he is of my generation exactly and was like i'm going to call you in about 10 minutes <laughs> like be near your phone that's the same shit i do hey yeah. <laughs> my boss does this thing with like the most anxiety provoking she's like 
call me when you can immediately. And I'm like, that's oh, what my mom does. Oh, my I know. God, and my then God. when you call him, it's just like, oh, I was just making hey, did sure you, make, you did got you, this. Did you note check in or, on that? Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Oh Are you guys coming to your cousin's wedding? Yeah. It's always like low stakes <laughs> shit, but like, there's no way when you see that text, you're not like anxiety riddled. Friday morning, like the, the vice president in charge of like my boss's boss texts me. She's like, call me when you get a free moment, oh, no. which is, and I'm like, Hello. And she's like, just checking in. Wanted to go over these three things. I was like, okay, thank God. <laughs> yeah. like, she's like, you don't sound like you're awake. I'm like, because it's I'm just got done having a panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so meanwhile, the kids return with the pizza and we set up the remote not being as responsive to get in and out of the garage. It's an old building, old remote, and it's probably not been like maintained. Yeah, maintained for the past two years or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's also the the dreaded underground garage uh, of an LA apartment building. <laughs> yeah. But this reminds me of, I had a couple apartments like this where your apartment's at street level, right? Like the building starts at street level and then there's a, a garage below it. And, uh, a lot of those buildings are retrofitted, so you're fine. Sure. But a lot of people from out of town are terrified of those apartment buildings because they're like, in an earthquake, like your car, and it's like, trust, dude, if the earthquake is that bad, just it's your time to go. Yeah, your <laughs> like, car is the least of your worries. <laughs> if you're, you know, 13 floors up and you're in the parking lot, garage collapses, you're like, you're probably in trouble. Yeah, no, you're dead already at that point. Yeah, but that's why buildings out there and, and are all earthquake areas in the U.S. are built to a certain standard of like on the yeah. Richter scale. It has to be able to withstand whatever. And that's really high on the Richter scale. Yeah, allegedly. I prefer earthquakes to floods because like James Bond, I prefer shaken, not stirred. <laughs> oh, have you ever, have you ever... We're about to get to the earthquake, so we should let's get into it. Mike, sure. have you ever uh, experienced an earthquake? There was a... 3.3 earthquake in Georgia, I think, when I was little, and I felt it for a second. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've only experienced earthquakes in San Diego, but they were very low. Like, I slept through, I think, three, and then I was awake for one of them, but it wasn't that bad. I think it was also in the threes on the Richter scale, the one I was awake for. Three, three is enough to be just slightly disorienting and be like, what was that? Yeah, Like, if exactly. you were awake for it, 5.5, you'd feel it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> the worst I've been through was a 6.9. Yeah. And at 6.9, the street rolled. So Ooh, like, yeah. and it lasted a while. Because um, most of the time they're like a minute, if that, like they don't last very long. Yeah. It's a long time. <laughs> yeah, ladies. Yeah. It's a long earthquake. <laughs> I like to say that I don't get out of bed for anything under six. <laughs> fires are way scarier here as far as like our natural disaster thing. i could see that anyway uh in this movie uh the kids are returning with the pizza meanwhile up in the bathroom she's about to tell her that she's pregnant when we yeah. see a cup on the counter start to shake and we see the earthquake happen down below with the kids uh and the power goes out and this is also so a 5.5, because they do say it's 5.5. Yeah. And they're sort of out from the epicenter. Uh, so they would probably feel it closer to like a 
for um probably not enough to roll your your garage like what happens in this movie well and like the ground cracks and it opens up yeah. that vault you know it's a pretty right like that seemed to me like it would be more than a 5.5 yes yeah, yeah yeah no that's like when when i lived through the 6.9 that's the kind of shit that happened at 6.9 yeah but like 5.5 i mean i don't know but i think it's also that the building is dilapidated so like yeah that could be page or is this an earthquake I mean, we know the earthquake is on the news, but like maybe it's the thing trying to get out. Maybe that helped yeah. it a little bit. So I was going to ask, do you guys think it is an actual earthquake that has unearthed the vault that the books are in? Or mm. do you think it was specifically localized to that house or that apartment building? We know it's not because it's on the news. If it was localized at that uh, that place. Oh, you mean like the epicenter? Yes. You would still uh. feel it out outside of it. And maybe that's why it was only a 5.5 wherever the Rick scale was uh, and where it is here it was it was bigger that was my sort of theory on it but it doesn't really matter but so there's a huge old crack through the foundation of the garage which I guess if you had a shitty foundation even a even a 5.5 could really fuck you up and there's a hole that has opened into what looks like one of the vaults from the bank below now as they find the hole they drop the pizza box and we see that it's from Henrietta's pizza which is a fun little Easter egg to the ghost in the basement of Evil Dead 2. Oh, okay, yeah. That They actually dropped the pizzas during the earthquake because we see um, yeah. Cassie dropped the drinks and then um, the older daughter dropped the pizzas. Yeah. Stupid. I would never drop a pizza during an earthquake. Uh, so Danny <laughs> climbs down there. It's the bank vault and he's looking through the safe deposit boxes, doesn't see anything. And he sees a box that has albums in it, which he's a DJ. So he grabs it. And it has letters and crucifixes in a photo. He hears something and a giant crucifix crashes behind him. Yeah, that shit was scary. As he <laughs> continues through the vault, uh, there's a ton of crucifixes. Yeah. And they're all hanging over this one big box, which has cracked open because of the earthquake. And he reaches into it and it's the Necronomicon. Now he pulls it out and there's fabric over the top that makes it look like it's going to be the Necronomicon that we are familiar with. Yeah. Uh, but once he pulls the fabric off, it's covered in roaches, which is enough for me to leave it where it is. Oh, yeah. like Because of the roaches. Yeah, because of the bugs. I'm not touching that. Bugs. I, I did appreciate that they had some of them fly because a lot of people don't realize roaches can fly. Oh, yes, they can. Yeah. When you see a roach take flight, that's when you start running. Like, I hate that. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to upstairs where they're freaking out because they haven't heard from the kids and they had sent them out to go get pizza. They haven't come back yet. Uh, so she talks to Gabe, one of the next door neighbors, to try and borrow his car. But as they do, the kids come up in the elevator and she freaks out because the kids use the elevator after an earthquake. Yeah, you're not supposed Don't to do that. Don't ever do that. Yeah. For exactly the reasons that happen in this movie where, mm. especially if you're in an old building, the electrical grid might be a little destabilized from the quake and the power can go out and you can get stuck in an elevator with no power and yeah. it's not good. I do think it's funny that she yells at the kids for taking the elevator and then she takes the elevator later, yeah. Yeah, and this is <laughs> also where we hear that the quake sent the cat up in into the heating ducts. Yeah. But they all go into the apartment. This is where we see the news report that it was a 5.5 in Puente Hills. Yeah. And uh, Elle is packing and kind of pulling together clothes, laundry, like she's pulling the clothes out of the closet Meanwhile, Danny is unwrapping the Necronomicon and he says to Bridget, this looks like we could sell it and we know mom needs money. Yeah. Which like I had forgotten that that was part of the reason why he took it. And rewatching it, I was just like, oh, 
Like, no. He even says, I didn't steal it. It's probably been in there forever. He technically does steal it because it's not his and he takes it. But, like, I understood what he means. He's like, no one's going to miss this. And mom really needs money. So, like, do you think we could sell this? And Like, he has altruistic reasons for doing what he did. He's not a bad person. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I like that in this movie. He's not, like, a mischievous kind of person. No. Even the playing the records makes sense to me because he's, like, a DJ kid. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I wonder what's on these. It might be some great ragtime jams from the 1920s. Yeah, who knows? yeah. Now that book does absorb blood and has bad things in it. I would probably have left it alone a little bit. I probably would have left it alone too, but like yeah. that's his hobby, right? Right. That's like what he wants. Yeah. If there was like a haunted Pyrex, I you know what? <laughs> hey. You would be dead-eyed if it was an evil dead Pyrex for sure, Paige. DJs, critical thinking, do they go together? Not my experience. So it's fine. <laughs> depends on the DJ. There's some really good ones out there. Who are good at thinking? It's just not most of them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying they're bad DJs. I'm just saying. Oh, no, they're great DJs. I mean, the guy who played Hodor in Game of Thrones is a DJ. He's a great DJ, but he will drop the beat and yell Hodor 90 times during his set. (laughs) That's the best thing in the world. The first eight times, you're like, yeah. Number nine, you're like, okay, we need to find another club to go to. Because... Uh, is the door open? No. Oh, no. Where's the door, man? So he tries to open the book, but it's got them tefers. And so it, <laughs> he, he gets cut. It kind of almost bites him. Yeah. And drips blood onto the book. And of course, the book is like, mm, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> Time to open. And so it opens. I do love it. It's like, and then it opens up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Nom, 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 nom. Thanks for the blood. And then it just like opens. What I really love about this book is it's clear that the illustrator or set deck or whoever was in charge of creating this book, like spent a lot of time on it and they are just showing it off. Like the ink looks like it's blood. It does not look like it's a red pen, right? It looks like Mm -hmm. it used the blood that came out of his hands to make the ink and it dried. Or it's just like it used the blood that it got in the 20s and wrote those pages out. And it's been dry since then. I really thought the book looked amazing and super fucking creepy. Yeah, I do like the new book. I like the teeth. Same. I do like the teethers. You do, Mikey. Yeah. We know you do. We should have put this Necronomicon in that can Mikey pick out the teeth game that we played at Panic Just be like an anglerfish or the (laughs) Necronomicon. Anyway. This is Mikey from Horror Virgin. I practiced this ad for Factor in my car today. (laughs) Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey from Horror Virgin here. (laughs) Talk about Factor. (laughs) Nailed it. I have used Factor on and off the last couple of years, uh, especially since 2020. My work is very busy. I have a very busy day job. He does. I have a very busy hobby Uh slash second job called podcasting. (laughs) Yeah, it's so much work for you. (laughs) Eating healthy is hard. Cooking, I'm single. (laughs) Cooking single is hard. And I've loved Factor. Other people, they ship you ingredients. You have to cook them. It takes a long time. Factor. They ship you fresh, never frozen meals. And it always only takes two minutes, which is like my favorite thing. I never have to think about how long it has to go in the microwave. It's two minutes. That's what my dating profile says. Always two minutes. <laughs> it's helped me eat healthier, though. They have a bunch of like dietary options, like low calorie or protein or keto. Is it keto? Keto? Mikey, you said it wrong so many times. I'm not sure if I remember how to say it right. It's keto, right? Keto. No, it's keto. It's keto. 
But anyway, Factor's amazing. <laughs> so just head to factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 and use code horrorvirgin50 to get how much percentage off, Mikey? Were you paying attention? 50. Damn. 50% off. Literally half off. That's code horrorvirgin50 at factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 to get 50% off. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So Bridget is like, oh, no, this book is clearly evil. Like, yeah. this is the most evil book. Yeah. <laughs> Please put it back first thing in the morning. He's like, fine. We cut to Beth giving Cassie a bath. And this, I think, is one of those scenes to try and establish kind of the trust in the relationship between them because she like yeah. pretends to get bit by a rubber ducky, but it's just her. And she gets her into the bath and has some sort of abdominal cramp distress yeah so we cut to the dj room where he starts playing the records and it sounds like it's in latin and we find out that it's a live reading of some of the books from saint patrick's cathedral and i do love the sound of the crowd in the background like what the fuck no we're all right here like, no. <laughs> i love the first uh record is like it seems like someone inviting clerical people to a, a place yeah. to show them the book and say we want to research it how do you all feel about that and that's where you get i don't know if it was bruce campbell but it sounds like it bruce was. Campbell was okay okay i was gonna say that sounds just like bruce campbell but it is like not the main voice it's the like dissenting voice or whatever the guy is yes. like you better burn that book motherfucker like he's like yelling yeah. at them not to, <laughs> not to do it and i was like that's got to be bruce campbell anyway it, it is bruce ah, campbell it's so funny there, there's another place where he adds some voiceover oh, as really? well we'll talk about it in fun facts but this is one of them yeah okay cool the second record that he spins and it's recorded at a speed so he has to actually like use his finger to make it go at the right speed mm -hmm. um, so you can hear it correctly because it sort of sounds like whale song at the beginning yeah and then and once he gets it up to speed you hear the same narrator from the first record but he is now like all right it's me and these other two dudes we have been told we're not supposed to go through this book but we're going to do it anyway because there are secrets we want to unlock out of this book or whatever uh which obviously is a terrible idea but yeah that's what starts this whole thing right well and then in the background you just hear like not groovy <laughs> not groovy dude <laughs> but yes it is bruce campbell in the background of the of the first one awesome but, so they start to read it and we cut to, as those words are being echoed through the speakers, Elle is taking a load of clothes down to the car. Yeah. And she decides to take the elevator, not the stairs. We cut back to the DJ room and the book pages flip. The spirit comes. We get shaky cam again. So call back to the originals. Yes. Well, and it's, it's a call back to the, also the drone shot from before. This is like, yeah. mm -hmm. the, this is the seed having been planted. We're now seeing it, right? right? I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Now up from the garage, we kind of watch it shaky cam up into the elevator. Now, if you follow her on Twitter, the actress who worked on this film. Yeah, I follow her. Her name is Alyssa um, Sutherland. And she has been posting a lot of like behind the scenes shit. 
It's yes. so cool. Yeah. One of the ones she posted were the rehearsal shots for this scene. Yeah. And she did pretty much all her own stunts. Uh, amazing. Yes. And if you go on her Twitter and see the rehearsal shots for this scene, she's like, walk, 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 yanked back on a wire <laughs> yeah. and had to like do it for real a bunch of times. And even on the caption, I remember she was like, this was not a fun day. But so she really does. It looks great. If you want to go to her Twitter, it's at real Alyssa S. They're still up. Mm-hmm. And there's another shot where I think it's the one where she bites the dude's eye out. Yes. You see like the rehearsal, like stunt coordinating rehearsal face for that too. It's, it's funny so cool. you should bring that up. That is also the other Bruce Campbell voiceover moment it's the really? sound of him biting into an apple <laughs> ah, i love it i, I, love I had Bruce that Campbell, in fun man. facts but i noted i was like this might be a corn fact uh which is what i write anytime i'm like this might not be real i don't know anyway she goes into the elevator it like rockets her up smashes her down she ends up hurt but not dead she bangs on the door to try and get out and get help tries to open the door with her keys yeah but the evil elevator spirit gets her and strangles her, but also rips out her earring, grabs all of her limbs, and she is very dead. Yes. Yeah. Dude, when it breaks her arm and it like spins up the other way, oh. it's so unsettling to see. I hate it. I do not like when bodies contort in ways that are not normal. I hate it. Well, and she is a very tall graceful looking woman and yeah. just like i mean because she is doing it physically that you're just like wow like that looks uncomfortable oh yeah <laughs> not fun i think everyone in this movie does a great job performance wise like the acting is great but her mm-hmm. the physicality of her performance comes through and she is great just on a, like a physical level as this yes. like possessed insane thing it's awesome she's so good in it yeah she's the highlight she is for sure yeah yeah absolutely and she's been in a bunch of she's been in the show viking she's done like a lot of acting work she's like yeah an established actress yeah but so there's a blackout yeah uh, which is super common after earthquakes like i said that's why you don't ride in elevators the book closes and bridget looks out the window and she's like huh it's weird it looks like we're the only one with our power out now, again, old building, you know, it might have just right. fucked up the power for the building, whatever. That's why I like that they establish it's going to get torn down. Like, it explains right. the way some of those things. I mean, we obviously know something supernaturally bad is happening, but it makes sense that the kids would be like, oh, I guess just the building's being shitty again. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they notice that their mom is not in the apartment, that she left, right. but she didn't come back. But she shows back up and she all fucked up. And she walks yeah. into the apartment and starts throwing eggs, shell and all, into a cast iron skillet on the stove. It is important to note that it is cast iron. I know you think that's me being an asshole. It is important in the scene. <laughs> I don't think it's ever you being an asshole when you're talking about like KitchenAid Pyrex stuff. Yeah. Asshole's not the word that was, it's more like a dork, you know, like. Whatever. It is important in the scene. It uh, is. She also, this is me being a dork. Metal spatula? Girl, no. Anyway, so. Oh, on a on the cast iron? On the cast iron. It's fine in cast iron. It'll, it'll be okay, but you might scrape some of the seasoning. But it's truly only something a possessed person would do is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. But I like this shot a lot because it's her saying really creepy shit with a really eerie sort of smile on her face. But the way mm-hmm. it's shot is she is on a green screen. Oh, and yeah. her face is slid into the frame of them reacting to what she's saying. But they do that so both people are in focus. Yeah. And that's why her hair 
in the shot looks a little blurry because they've like chroma keyed it out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can have both people in focus in the shot, but it makes it so fucking eerie. It's such a good use it's of that. It's a good that. shot. It's so good. Yeah, man. And sh- her face, when she-, she goes from this like attractive, tall, porcelain-y kind of woman to this insanely creepy thing instantly. It's so cool. Yeah. Um. And, and well, she starts out saying like we were in the tall forest. It was the, the nicest melt, melt, melodies and then and like she's having trouble kind of forming the words because much like other deadites they kind of at least in the beginning oscillate back and forth between like the person they're possessing and the and the possessor there's an internal struggle you can unpossess some people too yes although at least canon wise in ash versus evil dead you can never permanently unpossess it's Mm. or it's very very difficult to so usually you have to kill somebody if they get possessed Interesting Okay I mean we do see her Struggling in this scene Cause like this is one of The saddest moments In the whole movie to me Is like when she Drops the skillet to the floor And the eggs and shells Go everywhere And she goes on the floor And sort of like Crawls at them And she's like Yeah She's throwing up And it's just like A bunch of really Creepy shit is happening And then when she looks up And looks at Beth And says don't let him Hurt my babies Or don't let him Take my babies Yeah Like yeah. that is so sad But like I think That's the last line Of dialogue L actually says yeah. In the movie And the rest of the movie Is her as the possession Or whatever it is Right Well and that's why The cast iron skillet Is important Because This is the scene Where she's still Kind of fighting Between the two Right Yes And Because she does say The like How much I wanted To cut you open And climb inside your bodies To be one happy family You know oh, like fuck, The creepy yeah. But then she turns And she's holding The skillet now, cast iron skillets. It would be so hot, Paige. Yes. Yeah. They don't have so yeah. handles. Yeah. And so she drops it as if it has burned her hands. Yeah. Because it probably did, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like for L inside is like, ow, that's my hand skin. Yeah. Uh, so she drops it. But that's when it takes over, drops to the floor and kind of like skitters after them. Which yeah. Which is fucking terrifying. It really is. She barfs up a ton of stuff. Super gross. And then says, don't let it take my, take my babies. Falls into her own barf. Dead. They drag her down the hall. They keep Cassie and Bridget inside. So it's her and Danny trying to drag her. Yeah. And they're trying to get to the elevator and they see what's left of the elevator. And it looks yeah. like, like creepy as shit. So like mm. they're yeah. like, let's go to the stairs. And then Danny goes to the stairs and he's like, the stairs are gone. Yeah, they are, the stairs are gone. not here. The stairs are gone, which means they are all trapped on the eighth floor. Is it the eighth floor? I thought it was 14th for some reason, but no, it's eight because they're 85 and the fire escape is 82. Gotcha. You know what? After the third one, you're pretty high up there. Yeah. Yeah. So the stairs are out. They're trapped. She's dead. So they take her back to the apartment and they put her on the bed and she is super dead but her eyes won't stay closed uh the neighbor gabriel is like we can't get anyone to call 911 like yeah like phones are out cell service isn't working and it's yeah. gabriel who is like i don't know a neighbor down the hall and yeah uh mr fonda i looked at the old guy's name it's mr yeah, his fonda. name is mr fonda yeah. uh after bridget fonda who played the girlfriend in the flashback uh. but they are also in the room with now dead l on the on yeah. the bed and gabriel's like do you mind if i pray which i thought was interesting that the guy named gabe Gabriel is yeah, gonna after an angel. Wants, yeah, yeah, wants to pray. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which I think is sweet. Like he's, and it, the prayer he says is very much like, you know, a respectful sort of, you know, please accept this spirit into heaven sort of jam. Yeah. Like, like a priest would say at the funeral kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, I viewed it more of just like, it's the least I can do. Like, you know, yes, at least absolutely. It's, like, I, even if you don't believe like, you know, whatever, yeah. because he does ask and Beth is like, well, she, she wasn't religious and he's like it's just let me say a few nice words and she's like all right yeah but this is also they they finish praying and they're like well there's an old fire escape ladder on the north side we got to go through 82 it's unoccupied but we got to get through the door and that's going to prove to be a problem because it's an old building yeah which like i will tell you our old ass house now we had to we have to replace the door uh because it was old and I couldn't get through it. Like I was trying to let the plumbers in to put in our new washer dryer. And I was like, I took a running start. I couldn't get through the door. <laughs> old doors are like oak and they're like solid. Yeah. I think, I think modern doors are hollow. They're like, what do they call that? It's like manufactured composite. composite. That's what it is. They're like that composite wood where it's like, just like super compacted sawdust more or less so they're like way easier to kick through well yeah we had to get a new compositor yeah but our our doors at our old apartment that, that we're still moving out of uh, are solid wood so like yeah an old building like this yeah it'd be hard to get through i do think that he mr fonda mm -hmm. grabs his shotgun because he's afraid someone did this to her because he says in the scene where gabriel's playing he's like look at her face someone beat her up like yeah he uses the excuse of i'll shoot through the door let me go get my shotgun i think because he wants to hold the gun because he thinks there's like an intruder in the building right yeah right. i think he thinks somebody did it to her yeah anyway so we we cut to them trying to get through 82 not a lot of luck yeah cassie is freaking out um and Bridget's like, hey, we'll get the phones working. We'll call dad. It'll be okay. And she's like, well, you said mom would be okay. And she's like, I thought she would. I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. I didn't know. You it's know. so sad. So the question I posed for the group. Okay. Do you think the dad made a good decision by abandoning his family since he wasn't here that night? I think in hindsight. Brutal. He is. He does survive without either the scars of the evening or he doesn't die, right? But like, and he's still a bad dude. But then dude, he has Mikey. to live with like your whole family is dead. Because, but right. so much less child support. Two thirds cut out. Oh, oh, no, no alimony. No. This is a terrible take, but I am here for it. I'm going to give uh, you an alternate bad take. Uh, so I think he goes through the rest of his life like Marky Mark. And is like, if I would have been there, I know martial arts and it wouldn't have happened. That yes. is 1000% what he would have done. And I yep. hate him even more. <laughs> I was surprised thematically that they just had him leave the family and not like die two months before the sister just wasn't around for it. Because at the mm. end, it kind of implies that she's going to take care of the daughter. Oh, yeah. They're on the run now. When legally... Like the the dad would take care of her. I think it's one of those things where it's like you'd have to find them and and prove that they weren't part of the blood mist. True. So you think they're going to be in hiding for the rest of their days? The little girl wouldn't have to prove she's not part. They would just blame the aunt. No, no, no. I mean, like you'd have to prove that the aunt and the little girl weren't in the blood mist. <laughs> like oh. by the end of the movie. It's just piles of body parts and puddles of blood. I think they're just going to assume that all of them died. <laughs> I would assume that, too, because they're missing. And also, yes. bodies went through that, like, tree grinder Wood thing. Chipper. Yeah, so, like, good yeah. luck they got piecing Fargo'd. that back together. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. did get fargo yeah. <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, Beth sits with Elle. She's just kind of talking to her the way that you do at, like, a visitation or a wake or whatever. Yeah. And 
she's like, I don't know what to do. You are always the one who had the answers and I'm too scared to face your kids right now. But like, I can't believe I'm never going to speak to you again. And as she says that, the voicemail starts playing and through her phone, we hear, Beth, you have to help me. I'm burning alive. The phone shatters in her hands. She turns and Elle blinks after a fly lands on her eyeball. And then she just sits straight up and they're like, oh my God, we've got to get her in the tub. She's got a fever. Like she's alive somehow. So they put her in the tub. They get ice. uh, And she bursts out of that tub like spider crawling on the ceiling. Yeah, she's like holding herself up into the corner right above where the tub is. Right. And (laughs) is just letting out this like almost inhuman scream and like the mirror cracks. Banshee scream. Oh, it's so crazy. But I think what's crazier is she doesn't then attack, right? Right. She then like passes out and falls into the tub, which to me was like, it, it built up the tension so much more. And I, I hated it. I hated it yeah. so much. It's like, this is my favorite scene in the movie, the, the tub This scene. is a great yeah. scene. Well, because then she falls back into the tub and then the water boils yeah. in the tub. Well, it's boiling during the scream too, because they show a cutaway of it. Yeah. yeah. It's so creepy. And like her hands just creep over the side of the tub and- she, this is where she pops out and this is in the trailer, but just the like mommy's with the maggots now. Just like, oh, no, you're back with dad. <laughs> you're back with dad. <laughs> the way they make her voice unnaturally low is so creepy and I hate it. Yeah, it sounds almost like the record player did when it was slower than it should have been, which uh, yeah, I yeah, really yeah. like that thematically it ties together a lot. I, I also like in this next scene that she kind of like chases them into the living room but slowly because it's almost like she's figuring out how to use the body like an Edgar suit yes exactly that's what I thought she was well now the possession was doing right Mm -hmm. it was so good and and when they leave the bathroom they being Beth and I think it's Danny who's there at that point Mm -hmm. she doesn't pop out super scary she just sort of like walks out and then looks at them and it's so creepy man Mm -hmm. well and she's got a shard of mirror yeah and this is another place where they establish the apartment really well because we actually get a chase cam through the floor plan of the apartment yeah she lunges at beth uh she stabs the mirror through beth's hand fucking brutal oh so it's terrible i hated it and bridget gets in between to try and get her to stop hurting beth and she's like what's happening with you mom like what's going on and she says oh i'm free now i'm free from all you titty sucking parasites jesus that's exactly what dad said. That's exactly <laughs> oh. She takes the tattoo machine to her own temple. And pushes it through. Like it yes. goes into her brain. And then she jumps on top of Bridget, right? And yes. tries to drill it into her eye. But Bridget turns her face and it gets her cheese. Yeah. And then she's like, let mommy kiss it. And then that tongue coming out of her Black mouth. Black tongue. Blah, 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 blah. There was a girl who did get eye tattoos and it did not go well. I'm sorry. A lot of people get eye tattoos but people get the whites of their eyes colored. Yeah. What? Yes. Yeah. Todd, you should Google this. Oh, I don't want to Google it, Mike. I don't want to see it. Hers got like really it, it, I, it, it. There's a lot of potential for infection because your eyes are a mucous membrane. Yeah. I do oof. not like eye gore. I don't like it either. It's so oh, I hate it. Yeah. It's one of the hey, get, get whatever the body mods that you want, but that's one that I'm just oh, like, yeah. oh, no. Oh, that sounds terrifying. If that's for you, you do you. But I could never do that. Yeah, no, thank you. Anyway, Danny comes up and he just like WWE's her with a folding chair, which is great. It is great. But that at this point saves Bridget's life, right? I mean, Bridget dies in like eight minutes, but still, like he's saving his sister's life. Yeah. 
Yeah. So he kind of knocks her back. Everyone backs away. And he knocks her into kind of like a darkened hallway. Yes. So that we just see her hand pointing out, which is fucking terrifying. It's yeah. so good. But just that like eeny, meeny, miny, you. Um, but Gabriel has come around the other side because it's kind of the hallway in the middle of like the living room and the bedrooms. Yeah. And she turns and tackles him out into the hallway. They shut the door, locking her in the hallway. And I don't think they realize that this is what they did in the moment, but essentially they have doomed everyone in the hallway. Yeah. Immediately. Well, I mean, everyone in the hallway, except for Gabe, because he's like currently being tackled, could run and lock their own door, right? Right. Because they don't live there. Like, they're just protecting their right. their own establishment, right? But, yeah, I feel bad for Gabe. As soon as someone crawls on a ceiling, I am running and locking a door Same. somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm not saying it's a bad decision. I'm just saying, like, Tragic. <laughs> yeah, tragic for Gabe. And he does get his eye bit out like an apple. And I remember that happening in the movie, but I was covering my face for it. I did not see what happens immediately next where she spits it out and it goes in the yep. other kid's mouth. So when that yeah. happened, I started gagging. I it was so I, I'm surprised that you got through so much vomit already in this movie and didn't <laughs> gag. Yeah, this was the part that really got me. It's a very vomit-heavy film. It is, but it looked like porridge, and who hasn't thrown up porridge after they've asked for mole? You know what I'm saying? Ooh. So, like, it's a real Oliver kind of vomit. But the eyeball going in that kid's mouth was so gross to me. For me, the real grosser one is what happens in a couple minutes. I'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah. It's the bugs. But, like, that's a million-to-one shot. Like, if you're trying to spit an eyeball from one mouth to another from like 10 feet away well done well in the extended in the extended version you do hear obi-wan have her turn off her targeting computer <laughs> use the force l it's a million to one shot kid i used to spit on wop rats back home <laughs> yeah <laughs> Their eyeballs. <laughs> Sorry. I've been tweeting negatively about new Star Wars this morning, so I've been thinking about Star Wars, which is what you do on a Sunday morning. I wake up and hate on the sequel trilogy. I'm sure that's what your mother would like to have you be doing on Mother's Day, yes. I'm seeing my mother today. Oh, my mom is far away. I, I don't get to see her. I sent my mom waffles. Well, like really nice Belgian waffles and jam so she could have a brunch. That's really sweet. We got my mom a new Roomba. Oh. I'm a bad son. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's hard to make that kind of effort to the person who birthed you. Yeah, I get it. I get wow. it. Wow. Wow. Listen, I don't want to be around my mom on Mother's Day because if this movie taught me anything, it's that that's the day that she might kill you. Well, I mean, Not it sounded like she would. she wouldn't be hungry. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is you have to buy your mother gifts on Mother's Day to appease the maternal spirits so that they yes. don't possess her and then make her kill you. And that's where the Correct. phrase, I brought you into this world, I can take you world out of it, I comes can from. Take you yeah. out. I'm surprised that wasn't in this movie, honestly. I, yeah, honestly. If you told me there was a deleted scene with that exact phrase, I'd be like, that makes sense. Well, I could even see her saying it before she gets possessed. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom said that to me, and my mom's great. If it was me, she would have said it before she was possessed. Like, if you're using my scissors, Cassie, I brought you into this world, and I can take you <laughs> out. out. Like, yeah. kind of, you know. <laughs> and then later, it's like, I brought you in this world. Now I'm gonna take you out. My family doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can say my mom called me this morning. She's like, "Why are you my only child that I can just have like a normal conversation with?" <laughs> I was oh. like, <laughs> and I was like, "Because I'm an adult and I'm the favorite." <laughs> 
that's some clear older sibling energy right there. I'm definitely not the normal conversation child. <laughs> that's okay. I don't think I am either, I Paige. It. That's my oldest sister. Yeah. So out in the hallway, shotgun guy tries to get her. He gets got. She thro- literally throws that child against the wall. Like, it is a bloodbath. It's so, like, sad because that kid seems to be trying to, like, run away. And then she staggers by the peephole thing that we're seeing all this through. And then you hear something terrible happen to him. And then yes. his body gets thrown into frame and just, like, lays on the ground clearly dead. And that's when yeah. uh, Mr. Fonda comes by with a shotgun and he gets got in this moment too. Right. Well, he shoots her first. Yeah. Well, he shoots. I don't know if he hits her in this moment, but yeah. I don't think he hits he her. He does uh, shoot. Misses. Yeah, because she does get shot later and it takes a, an arm and a leg off. It does. Yeah. The shotguns are no joke, man. They'll fuck you up. Yeah. But it's at this point inside the house, Bridget is like, okay, whatever the fuck that is, looks like the pictures in the book. And I told you not to take that book. And he's like, it's not my fault. And she's like, it's all your fault. <laughs> yeah. It kind of is, though. Like, it kind of is your fault. Yeah. Big and, little brother energy. Yeah. They're. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't like malicious intent But you done fucked up Danny Yeah This is definitely manslaughter Not murder one But like it's on you <laughs> but For sure, sure. <laughs> Beth is like don't turn on each other Because like Yo We gotta stick together Yeah We She and Danny go to look at the book To see if there's any answers Or anything in there Meanwhile Bridget and Cassie Are in the living room and Bridget's face starts to hurt bad. She walks out of the room. Yeah. From outside in the hallway, Elle starts singing <sighs> to kind of lure Cassie to the door. Meanwhile, in the DJ room, Danny is like, hey, there were albums that came along with it. And it was like this weird, dark prayer. And when he spoke the words, oh, no, this is all my fault. Yeah. It's not the first time a DJ is fucked up on this level, though. You know, it happens. True, true, yeah. true. I just hated the record scratch noise when he realized it. <laughs> Very, very tacky. <laughs> Sounds like you're more of a dip loser. <laughs> Famous DJs. He's about to be a deadite, not a dead mouse. Oh, oh that's a good one. Nailed it. Uh, so Bridget goes into the bathroom to look at the cut in her face and it cracks and grows. Yeah. Uh, and she basically starts experiencing the symptoms of deadite-ness. Yeah. Her nose starts bleeding black stuff, which I think is supposed to be ink. Because it was the tattoo gun. I think it is. No, oh. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And she starts choking. Uh, meanwhile, Cassie goes to look out the door and Elle basically senses her presence and comes to the door and is just like, oh, I was just feeling sad, but like we're getting back together and we love each other and we love you. Yeah. I just want to hug you. Like there's... You know, nothing wrong with me that a hug can't fix. So open up, good girl. God, it's, it's so Ugh. evil to like play on this child's like emotions that way. Yes. And it makes me hate this thing so much more. I, it's great for the movie, though. Like, it really is good. It is. Uh, meanwhile, in the kitchen, Bridget is choking and throws up a bunch of bugs and stuff. And it's so gr- this is the one that gets me. This makes me gag. I don't like throwing up buds. Did not enjoy this. Yeah. Yeah. Cassie, lured by her mom opens the door and immediately she reaches in and grabs her and is trying to kill and choke her. Yeah. Danny and Beth get the door closed again and no sooner have they rescued her from the door that they hear something going on in the kitchen. Yeah. And she sends Danny and Cassie to the bedroom where Cassie says, somewhat forebodingly, Staphne will protect us. Yeah. And protect she does. Yes. Uh, because in the kitchen, 
Bridget is eating glass, but she's doing the Deborah Logan where she's like crouched on the counter. Yeah, <laughs> don't like with the gas burners on. Hated it. Uh, and as she turns, swallowing glass, which we see like poking through her throat, she oh. just says like. I got to kill the creepy crawlies I got inside my tummy. Oh, I don't like having things in my tummy. It's so creepy, man. Everyone's like. performance in this movie is great. Yeah. Before and after they're turned. And she is so creepy when she turns, man. Yeah. And she spits bloody glass. Oh, man. At, at Beth. Yeah. Uh, she jump, like lunges after her. She trips and falls. They fight on the floor of the kitchen. Cheese grater. Like she sees the cheese grater and then she just rakes it down her leg, which like, oh, it was way less scary the second time. But the first time in theaters when we saw that cheese grater thing, I was like, oh, oh the whole theater screamed. It oh, was yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah, it was sharp cheddar in theaters, more mild cheddar. <laughs> more mild cheddar at home. <laughs> but that cheese grater was played by Jackie Cheddar. <laughs> I don't remember what episode that was, but. It's her first movie role. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what episode that was, but I, I love that joke. Oh, God. I don't Hellraiser? No. I think it might have been. Who knows? Or it might have been Bodyguard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Who knows? They all run together. Every, this is me in the Facebook group. Now, anybody who's like, remember when Mikey said this? And I was like, nope. What did I say? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same way, though. Because they're conversations we had once three years ago. I don't remember them. Yeah. Anyway, she hits Bridget with a pan. So she goes down for a little bit. Beth is able to kind of crawl away and sit up. And Danny comes to help and Bridget goes after Danny, chasing him into the bedroom. This is where we get the shot through the peephole of Elle cheering from outside. Yes. That's the deadite chaos face. But you were right what you said earlier. It's not calling her to the door to let her in. It's like, yeah, yeah, get him, get him, get yeah, him. Get him, get him, get him. Yeah. Because I, okay. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm going to open this can of worms. <laughs> I believe the deadites are kind of like the Borg, where while we may encounter different ones, they are legion. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Hot. <laughs> That was in a Romance in the Pod episode, right? Like that was I in fucking no. That was in Risky it? Business. That was in the Romance in the Pod it, Risky it Business risky episode. Business. It was Risky Business. I only remember jokes the from the last episode for like thirty minutes. Yeah, Fuck, that's my favorite. We didn't talk about just the Borg. We talked about how Mikey wanted to have sex with the Borg Queen. Like that is yeah, yeah. specifically the Borg Queen. Mm -hmm. That conversation was nuts, and I loved it. Yeah, at least like the top half. <laughs> I don't know though. They can do a lot with a technology. Especially in the 24th century or whatever. Bro, I'd check it out. I'd check out the downstairs business for sure. Yeah. Yo, what that Borg do? We can't do this again. No, we can't. We gotta what? move on. We gotta, if, you want, if you want that conversation, go listen to the, the Risky Business episode of Reds of the Pod. Anyway, they run into the room, and as Bridget advances on Cassie, she lifts up Staphanie, stabbing her through the mouth and out the back of the head. Yeah, and it sort of establishes that when you kill one of them, or at least land a blow that would kill a human, it does sort of incapacitate them for an indeterminate amount of time, you know? Because yeah. the same thing happens later on with the scissors and uh, with L, right? Right. Yeah, but then the DJ brother was like, you just got Paul Oakentold. Did oh, you look up DJs? Did I look up DJs to reference for the rest of the episode? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you just need to scrollax. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you just got zedded. <laughs> Paige, are you going to be Stephen O'Key? <laughs> you should have said A-OK. -okay. It's Steve Aoki. You could have gone with A-OK. -okay. -okay. That's too easy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you better watch out, cause Stephanie gonna Afro jack you up. <laughs> Avasi died. Avici, Avici. Did you say Avasi? 
I don't know that they never say their names in the songs. It's just uh, Hodor begs to differ, Mikey. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get back to this movie where they're gonna do a kill in Ibiza. <laughs> anyway, they bundle her up like a dead body. Yeah, and Cassie's like, "Is this a nightmare?" And Beth is like, "It's just like a nightmare. <laughs> it's exactly like." It's like when Todd was on cult podcast at one time. Oh, <laughs> it's exactly like Fight Club. Yeah, it is. Anyway, she's like, is it going to happen to us? And she's like, I'm not going to let that happen. I promise. And she's like, you're going to be a good mom because you're already good at lying to kids. Yeah, dude. Cassie is awesome in this movie. <laughs> Harsh truths from Cassie. Yeah. From the nine year old. It's good with it. She goes into the DJ room and is like, all right, I got to hear that fucking vinyl. And he's like, well, what if we play the words again? It gets worse. And she's like, literally, it's our only hope. Maybe there's words that can make it better. And also, can it get worse? Question yeah, mark. I don't think like, it can it's get pretty worse fucking at this bad point. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the the only way out is through. And that's what she sort of does here. She goes right. further in. Yeah. And he's like, well, there's no power. I can't run the turntable. And she's like, I can fix that because she's a guitar tech. This is no joke. She could actually do that if she's a guitar tech. She like, did. Well, and she we see her do it in a, va- a way that's very realistic. She yes. solders it to batteries. Yeah. Yeah, she absolutely could do that. I, that did not surprise me at all. I, I don't know how any of that works, but I've seen yeah. guitar techs like literally take apart pedals and re-solder them back together in 40 minutes. Like shit like that happens Jeez. on the road and you have to be able to fix it. Anyway. So she gets the turntable running and he's like, okay, he spoke the words on the second. She's like, well, maybe I'll start at the other end. So she starts with number four. Yeah. And she gives him a knife just in case. She goes in the other room to listen on headphones because I assumed they didn't have enough power to power the speakers. Just the headphones. Oh, I assumed it was because she wanted to be the only person to hear it just in case. Although you might be right because the speakers would require power too. Whereas the headphones are passive. I definitely would have left one ear open. Oh, you would have done the one ear out? Yeah. Yeah. I do that. Okay. So because I can see myself on the camera when I'm recording with you guys, I, I do both cans on either side. But when I'm upstairs editing episodes and I can't see behind me, I always have one ear out. I have one eye open and one ear open at all times. I'm the same way. You ain't going to sneak up on me. Yeah. Anyway, so we start hearing the recording, and it's two nights since I read aloud. Uh, I shouldn't have read it, basically. It kills whoever it comes in contact with. It possessed all the people that were working with me, and then it possessed the priest that came to help them. And it seems to turn people indiscriminately. Like, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. Some people turn into, like, deadite zombies. Some people don't. Yeah. Yeah. And as she's listening, they hear in the hallway the kitty in the vents, which gives Elle the idea that, like, oh, come up to the roof, have some blood. <laughs> yeah, apparently Elle had never seen Die Hard, so she wasn't familiar with this type of plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. She got distracted by Hell moving its shingles earlier. <laughs> so <laughs> we cut back to the recording, and they're like, it's terror through total chaos, yeah. which I was like, thank you. Yes, that is the Deadite mythos. But, and he says this here, it is also the same in... Uh, Evil Dead 2, as well as Ash versus Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. You have to basically completely dismember and destroy the bodies or else every little piece will continue to come after you, a.k.a. Ash's hand. The hand, yeah, exactly. That is what makes the wood chipper at the end necessary. Right. To stop the madness, yeah. Chekhov's wood chipper that we already saw (laughs) earlier in the... In the garage. Yeah. But in the apartment, the kids can hear her crawling in the vents above. They're like, I don't think that's the cat. But so uh, she's listening to the 
recording. Yeah, the fourth record or whatever. Right. So he talks about you have to completely dismember them and totally kill them. He even hints at I took them to the woodshed and burned it. Maybe that's Ash's woodshed. Okay, nice. Uh, But the kids can hear somebody in the vents above. Yeah. We cut back to the recording where we're hearing him say, we buried them in consecrated earth, but they rose again. They will always come after you. Yes. Uh, Meanwhile, in the bedroom, Bridget, still covered by the blanket, is up. And Danny's got the knife and stabs it into her. But she basically orbs up and pushes him into the kitchen, pulls the knife out of herself and stabs his arm. But she's like flying around. Like she's not running at him. Her feet are like almost dragged through the air. They are dragged and it's terrifying. Yes. And unfortunately... He could not dip low enough to dodge the knife. (laughs) The the knife goes literally through like his his bicep. bicep. Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) I hated that. I've got a few more of these planned out. I love it. Can't wait. One's name is Marshmallow. Yeah, I know. I've been trying to think of a marshmallow one for like the last 20 minutes. We'll get there. We'll figure it out. Anyway, if you think the carnage is done, you must be daft, punk. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Hell yeah, babe. Anyway, she barfs a a bunch of blood onto Danny. Yeah. And pulls the sheet off. And she says, I told you you should have put the book back, Danny, and then stabs him in the chest. God, it's so funny, but also creepy. Yes. He sprays cooking spray onto the open flame. Yeah. uh, Because it's an aerosol, which catches her on fire. And she burns. And she's basically down for the count at this point. Yes. So... We cut back to the recording. He's like, I can hear them outside. It's only a matter of time before I'm taken to. Even if it's final remnants, they'll come after you. All you can do is run. Yeah. And during that is when you see Elle, now possessed, obviously. Sliding down out of the vent. Oh, it's almost like she's floating down a little bit. It's so creepy. But she, Beth, is looking down. So she's not seeing the reflection. Only after he says, all you can do is run. That's when she looks up and sees her. And then it's all hell breaks loose. Yes, and this is where she proves that Stitch is canonically a deadite. Thank you. And uses her nail to play the rest of the album, and the noise comes out of her mouth. Super creepy. And they have some sort of fight that we don't see, but they fall into the living room. Yeah. As does Danny, who is dying because he's been stabbed in the chest. Yeah. And he says, I'm sorry, Cassie, and dies. Now, at this point... Danny's dead. Everyone's sad. Elle tackles Beth on the floor. And this is where she kind of runs her fingers up her body and is smelling her belly and goes, two souls. Yeah. And we do in Foley hear the sound of like an ultrasound heartbeat. We do. Yeah. Um, It's actually when they're showing the close up of her hand on her stomach is when you hear that sound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she says, Ellie waits in hell for you and your unborn bastard baby. Yeah. Hardcore. Also rude. Rude. (laughs) She might have a boyfriend. It's not like it was like, like a one night stand. We don't know. The, we don't know what happened well, here. Boyfriend just not means unmarried. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. No, I know, but like, who gives a fuck? Like, whatever, man. Like, let people be people. The definition of the word bastard. <laughs> I mean, hey, I googled toboggan earlier. Yeah. So we're gonna stick to definition. Toboggan would be a good DJ name. Toboggan. Yeah. Instead of dropping the beat, he like. Rides it, it down. down. The- yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's a sled joke. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But sled with two Ds, <laughs> like yeah. that other DJ. Yeah. Zed. Get it? I get it. Get it? It's a, yeah. it's a DJ. I did because I read that list of DJs just now. 
And a lot of them are just, they're like regular names, which like is less fun. It is Ryan. less fun. I'm DJ Carl Cox. I'll be here DJ for the evening. Sounds lame. Here at this wedding. Here <laughs> at this wedding? I See, I prefer a wedding DJ. I think a good wedding DJ is indispensable. But I also think that we could make up any sort of weird fucked up name and just declare ourselves a DJ and get a billboard in Vegas. Uh, so if you guys are down to talk business ventures after this, I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm DJ whore or virgin. Let's do this. Whore <laughs> or virgin. Man, I bet you've been holding on to that one for a long time. That's, that's a good one. That was uh, my name when I was in drag. The one time I wore drag to a party. Whore or virgin. Yep. Oh, I'll be DJ Mikey Randolph. <laughs> Mikey Randolph? Uh, one time I was Jugsy Malone. Hell yeah. I mean, your Rampage Wesley, I feel like it would be a good DJ name Rampage. too, Paige. Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. yeah, It's just you like climbing up skyscrapers oh, and punching Rampage? windows. I'm, yeah. Okay, I, I'm here. <laughs> it's me in neon hot pink bike shorts and like a black utility vest and belt. Hell yeah. And I'm just holding a piece of the aggro crag. That's okay. my DJ. I love how everything comes back to the aggro crag. I just set it on the table while I DJ. I don't address it at all. You don't need to. And then at the end, I just do, 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 do you have it? <laughs> I'm there. Smoke everywhere. Anyway, back to this movie. Yeah. They're fighting. Uh, she takes the Cassie tosses her the scissors and then she just scissors up into her face. Woof. Yeah. Which I usually like to watch on screen. <laughs> I would never have thought that you could make this scene sexual. So well done, Mikey. Todd, amateur, in my notes it just says scissored. <laughs> so like, oh no, she fell in the washing machine. <laughs> oh no, I'm sad. Um, oh God. <laughs> you know what made me think of this scene? So I have been cleaning out uh, the last of my craft closet at the old place to move to the new place. And I have garment scissors and they are you shouldn't use them on paper. It's like a whole thing because they're very, very sharp. And they are literally the same scissors that go through this lady's face. Oh, wow. And I was like, ooh. I mean, the scissors <laughs> that they use in the movie are like legit scissors. Like they are metal. They're long. They're sharp as fuck. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that, you know, stops her for a minute. <laughs> yeah. She's just sitting in the middle of the room scissored. Absolutely. So they run out into the hallway, but this is where Cassie is like, are you going to be a mom? And it's the beat of Beth deciding that like, yeah, fucking am. We're getting the fuck out of here, basically. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, this is way more hardcore than I was anticipating. I love it. <laughs> Honestly, no, Beth it. can get herself and Cassie out of that situation. Literally every other mothering scenario is downhill from there. Like <laughs> this is true. the highest stakes mothering scenario you could possibly go through. It's not going to get worse than this. If you can do this, yeah. you can do anything, Beth. Yes. So they get out into the hallway. They're trying to open door 82. They can't. She goes to grab the shotgun to see if that'll get through it. But rigor Morris. She has to break his fingers, sort of. Yeah. She has to break his yeah, fingers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but as that's happening, the hallway is littered with dead bodies. Cassie's keeping watch. And who should show up just as soon as she gets that shotgun? 
It's Elle. Bethy Boo, and she fires. This is when she takes a leg off. Only my sister can call me Bethy Boo. And then she yes. shoots off the, a part of her like left leg, I think. Yeah, she got her leg and her arm gone. Yeah, because she shoots her twice, yeah. But I do love that like Elle, possessed Elle, is like, Cassie, I'm your mom. You can't let her take them, yes. me away from you or whatever. And then Ca- Cassie's like, you're not my real mom anymore. <laughs> you're not my real mom, and you never will be. <laughs> <laughs> she actually just says, I know you're not my mom anymore like in a very matter of fact tone she's like beth is my mom already we talked about it last scene okay yeah you missed it (laughs) shotgun guy grabs her by the ankle and just says that's my gun you thieving cunt and you're like oh Oh. no the whole hallway is waking up (laughs) dude the zombie deadite thing that it like amps up the scary because when the scene starts you're like oh they got to get away from l and then you realize oh no this hallway littered with bodies are all going to come back to life and start attacking and they do and and they are they're all giggling Oh, yeah, when they're their return of the living dead style. <laughs> yeah. They're not zombies, they're deadites, but yeah. They're, they're deadites. Yeah, they yeah. got the deadite giggle. They're like, <laughs> Oh yeah. And it, like, when it's you know? Cassie's two siblings and Cassie's mom like giggling yeah. and they're like one happy family sort of thing. Like I hated that. It's so creepy. But this is also where we get the callback to Evil Dead 2 of everybody here dies by dawn. Yeah. Dead by, by dawn. dawn. Yeah. And literally just yelling it over and over And they run into the elevator Like the only way out Is the elevator And she realizes the keys were stopping the door Yes well Cassie does Because Beth is trying to hit the buttons And Cassie pulls the keys out And that's why the doors have been closing And opening over and over again So the doors do close in time Right. And then worst case scenario happens And I hate when this happens Have you guys ever gotten in an elevator That like when the doors close it starts to fill up with blood have you guys ever had that it's like the worst yeah, I've, been on my period I before. Ha- <laughs> I've never lived that life look people are gonna say that i get a little emotional about it but like you try swimming through elevator blood well we've had that talk before todd where i was like i think Paige is on her period she's being kind of a bitch and then also the elevator was filled with blood yesterday <laughs> you know here at the horror virgin offices <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't touch my elevator blood <laughs> And then like all my chocolate got ate But dude it, the whole elevator fills And also yep. while the elevator's filling And we're seeing them Like the creeping dread of drowning in blood Which would be terrifying We're seeing the siblings like reach into Everyone in the hallway Yeah it's Deadite Voltron Oh yeah and they do become like Megazord Like Power Rangers when they come together At the end of every episode Like yeah, Red Ranger also Red Ranger. <laughs> Another Red Ranger. Yeah. I feel like red is just blood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood Rangers. That makes sense. Makes sense. Exactly. But they become like a spider-like thing, right? Oh, no, they do. And then she crawls yeah. up into the vent again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Autobots roll out. Yeah. <laughs> and then as the blood gets sort of close to the top, which Beth is doing a good, a smart thing where she's like Treading water in the blood Right To try and hold And have it pull them Through the top Exactly Yeah And then the most Terrifying thing That could happen In that moment happens When she moves the top Like escape hatch On every elevator Yeah It is the now Megazord mom Coming down through it With like nine arms Deadite Voltron And then it cuts away to This elevator can only support Six people or 900 pounds And you're like (laughs) How much does that much Cubic volume of blood weigh 
way. And as you're asking yourself that question, the elevator gives way and crashes to the basement. Which, ah. if you were then treading water, that would deaden the impact. Like, you would actually probably survive because of the blood, right? For reasons I know a little bit about elevator shafts, but... I do think because it is thicker than water, it would slow you as you hit. But also, yeah. and this may not be true of that elevator because it's more modern elevators, they're built in with like brakes that as you get close to the bottom, it actually will slow you down whether it has power or not. It looks like this one doesn't slow you down as much as they currently yeah. do <laughs> because they do crash and then the blood spills out, not as uh, majestically as the Shining, but it is Shining style. And we see them get spit out now fully covered in blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wakes up Cassie. They're not dead, but Cassie's going to need so much fucking therapy. Oh, yeah. Cassie even says, am I dead? And she's like, no, we're, we still no. have to fight our way out of this. We're not done, Cassie. Almost hopeful, like, am I dead? Is this over? I know, no. yeah. Sorry, girl. <laughs> Sorry, girl, you're still alive. Which I thought was very derude. Oh, we gotta get out of this blood storm. Hell yeah, Mikey. Hell yeah. I was on Twitch at the time that that song was like a meme. Oh, I heard that song so much. My favorite is the the pool noodle version where people <laughs> cut pool noodles at different lengths. Also, that song slaps though. I actually, so at TwitchCon, I think it was TwitchCon 2016, he closed the show and it was <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Here's, here's the thing, though. I can fully... I love everything about like, that. Yeah. <laughs> back when I used to still drink and stuff, I could fully imagine being a few drinks in, end of the night, that song comes on, and you're just like, my face is melting! Like, yeah! <laughs> that was me at the whole Pitbull concert, where you're just like, you have enough <laughs> drinks, and then, like, all this Pitbull music comes on, and you're like, all right, okay, yeah! <laughs> da -da -da -da. It's... It still astounds me that the only music you enjoy and tolerate is Iggy Azalea and Pitbull. It's one of the best concerts I went to. I have no idea why. I, I, it was so funny. I have to yeah. correct myself. It actually was a Steve Aoki concert oh, at Petco yeah. Park in San Diego. It was TwitchCon 2016, but special guests were Darude and T-Pain, and that show was Oh, wild. I bet that fucking slapped. It was, and I was in the partner area, so I wasn't like in the regular crowd, the pit, but we were like Right up front, it was awesome. It was so much fun, yeah. I'm in love with a stripper. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, they make a run for it to try and get into the car. They use the beeper, but it's not opening the door fast enough, and the car gets stuck on a pothole from the earthquake. Yeah. But Voltron coming. Yeah. Mama Megazord or whatever. Mama Megazord is coming after Rita Repulsa, indeed, <laughs> is coming after okay. them. Okay. 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 What was the ooze guy? Zed? It was Zed, right? With two Ds. Uh, anyways. Yeah. DJ Zed. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, <laughs> Deadite Voltron gets there, but the car is empty. Yeah. They're kind of hiding. They're like chasing them around the car. Yeah. Uh, they have the shotgun. Now, there's one shot in this that, that makes it infinitely more terrifying for me that grosses me out to a level that is like hard to do. But when you see uh, Voltron crawling on the ground, yeah. there's one hand that's upside down and backwards. Oh, I didn't notice that. I hate and it's, that. And it's flat on the ground like the back of the palm yeah, yeah, down yeah. and it kind of like flops onto the ground as it moves like a wrist and would. i'm just yeah. like oh yes and i'm just like oh oh god that i i honestly missed that and i'm so grateful i missed that oh anyway 
So uh, the gate finally moves. They make a run for it. It really seems like they're going to get out. And Beth does. And as Cassie is trying to like Indiana Jones slide under the falling grate, her legs get grabbed by Mama Megazord and pulled back in. And then Beth is like, Faced with, I think, a terrible decision. Yes. She makes the right one. (laughs) She absolutely does. But like, yeah. Uh, And and then she like kicks her way back in, not through the gate, but through like the side that are just like mesh, like, I don't know, like windows sort of. She kicks through one. Well, I I like to think of it as like she has that weird mom adrenaline strength. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But also, and this is going to sound terrible. If she'd been like, oh, she's dead. Now I'm on the run. I know. I know. uh, I don't like that, but you know. I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that that might have been the right call. Although, uh, you know, what happens happens and it was the right call to go back. Sure. I might assume, like, if that was Mikey who got pulled back, I'd be like, He's already dead. Thanks I'm for sacrificing yourself. Exactly. 100%. We'll miss you. Yeah. You have no idea how much this will help the podcast. I don't like this. <laughs> Thank you for your friendship or at least acquaintanceship. <laughs> and if I don't hear I love you back as I yell I love you to Mikey, I'm going to be devastated. I'll just be like, I know. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I won't make you a quesadilla. Bye. <laughs> anyway, she gets back in meanwhile voltron is about to try and chainsaw cassie because they can't just assimilate her because she's not dead they got to kill her first right so they raise the chainsaw and turn it on and her mom's face upside down too which is creepy it's just like so creepy all i want is your little head baby girl and you're like oh no a little off the top a little Mm -hmm. off the top uh but beth is there with a shotgun just in time for cassie to run and beth as a callback to the end of army of darkness yeah Come get some. You're just like, yes. So they throw a chainsaw at her. She falls backwards. Uh, It the the Voltron crawls over Chekhov's wood chipper. She reaches for the chainsaw, but they drag her back. They turn on the wood chipper and drag her towards it. But Cassie turns the wood chipper off just enough time for Beth to fall back and grab the chainsaw. Yeah. As Voltron climbs towards her. Cassie turns it back on. She chainsaws them into the wood chipper. Wood chipper. Wood chipper. Wood chipper. Fargo. They she Fargo's them to death. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And they turn into a blood mist. I do love that as it's pulling everyone in, it pulls both the siblings in, and then it's just Elle and the sister. Yes. Or Elle and Beth. And Elle is like, you're going to be as bad of a mom as our mom was or whatever. Like she says, yeah, you stinking, horrible, groupie whore. Oh, <laughs> God. She says, and you're just like, oh, my God. And then Beth takes that chainsaw and just drives it through her head, which holds her head in place and then pulls her body away because her body's mm-hmm. in the wood chipper. Yes. And like mm-hmm. pulls the whole body into the wood chipper. And now it's just Elle's head on that and it's still like looking at her and moving and it's so creepy yeah it's very sebastian and grosso (laughs) we've gotten to the point where i no longer recognize the names like mikey is doing deep pulls of like someone that dj'd his siblings wedding (laughs) mikey is on the yelp pages of of wedding djs he's like this guy does bar mitzvahs it's joe smith it's just a guy who listens to the podcast and he DJs on the side. And he's like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. What? So 
she kicks Elle's head into the wood chipper. Yeah. They turn off the wood chipper. She takes Cassie and they pick up the chainsaw on their way out and they walk off, leaving the keys in the car with their picture. We cut to the next day. When the dad comes back and he's like, what happened? I have the cigarettes I came out for. Guys, I had to walk all the way to a different state because this is California and the cigarettes are so expensive. How devastating <laughs> would it be if the dad did come back and he's like, I know I fucked up. I'm so sorry. I love you. I love our family. I want to be together. And everyone's dead. Like just everyone's dead. And he's like, <laughs> hell yeah, I get to keep my $30. <laughs> Dodge that bullet. But it, it, it's not necessarily the next day. It's like that morning. It's like that next morning, right? Yeah. Like a few mm-hmm. hours later. Yeah. 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 Because we see Jessica now who from the beginning was possessed, right? We see her coming down and like in the parking garage talking to her friend on FaceTime. And it's very Shaun of the Dead when he goes to the convenience and store. And passes all of the puddles of blood. Yes, exactly. Well, I think it's interesting to note Jessica wakes up on floor five. Yes. It's very clear that it's a different floor, but the elevator is broken. But she's able to take the stairs She goes down to the garage Completely doesn't notice the blood Yeah Are the gunshots last night in the <laughs> Yeah she didn't hear any of it Yeah But either way She didn't hear any of it But I think she misses it Because she's like FaceTiming her friend She's not just talking to her on the phone Yeah So her eyes are occupied Looking at her friend So she's like tunnel mm-hmm. vision Like it made sense That she didn't see it Because when she puts it, Her friend's like phone on the car And then says I'm gonna come pick you up Don't worry about it And then hangs yeah, up Yeah I'll see you in 15 Bye Yeah because, because her friend's Trying to get out of going all together But she's like No I'll pick you up in 15 Let's do it It's gonna be a great weekend And then she hangs up And that's when she looks And she's like Oh my god What exploded down here? Oh, it was nine bodies? Yes, so many bodies. It was a blood Voltron? Wow. (laughs) And that's when she, like, as this realization is coming to her, that's when we see three different shaky cams coming at her, which I thought was an interesting way to do it. Yeah. And then it just ends on her screaming because we know what happens to her story. Yes. And And that's that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what'd you guys think about Evil Dead Rise? I did like it a lot more on a second viewing. So if you've only seen it once, I do recommend watching it again. There's a lot to catch on a second viewing. Um, While I was initially when I saw this was kind of frustrated. I was like, not there's not enough evil dead in it, especially on a second watch. I feel like there is. And I'm excited to see the next one. Yeah, I think this is more in line with if you want to make evil dead scary. I think this is the track to do it. This is the lane. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I don't like scary movies. So like, For me, this was hard to get through, but I mean that like as a compliment. And I do think there was enough story. You sort of like all the characters. Like it it's not a hard movie to watch unless you're super scared of like jump scares and stuff like I am. Like when I say I hated it and it was terrifying, that is a compliment. It is a good, good horror movie, but man, it is scary. But Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Evil Dead, fun Fun facts. facts. DJ, fun facts. So the director, (laughs) Lee Cronin, did confirm that the cat seen and heard in the events of the apartment does survive the events of the film. Yeah. Hooray. I mentioned that this was supposed to be an HBO Max streamer. Now, because it got released, they kind of had to do a lot of press after the movie or right as it was coming out. So that's why there's a ton of articles and interviews with the director now and not like three months ago. Yeah. Now, in one of those interviews, Lee Cronin stated that they used 1,720 gallons of blood. That doesn't surprise me. For the movie. Yeah. (laughs) 
That elevator scene's probably only half of it. And they're filling yes. a whole elevator with blood. So that's like a shitload of blood. But there's so yep. much blood in the hallway, in the house. Like, it's all over the place. Now, because of how much blood they had to use, and because it stains, fake blood stains pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, this was shot in chronological order, <gasps> which is unusual really? for films. But I think it had to be for all of the carnage to the sets. Because remember, this is supposed to be a streamer. It wasn't supposed to be a theatrical release. So it's lower budget than yeah. a lot of bigger budget horror films. So you can only destroy the set once. So it is shot in chronological order. Okay. Now, this might this next one might be a corn fact. <laughs> and if you don't know the corn fact bit, someone wrote I'll, I'll a fake. Okay, okay, okay. So when we did Children of the Corn, someone had written a fake fact for the trivia on IMDb for Children of the Corn, and it happened to be our friend Chris <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, we know who that somebody was. We know who it was. <laughs> now, whenever I read a fact that I'm a little confused, and I'm like, mm, I don't know if this is true. Uh, I write a note to myself that it might be a corn fact. Might be a corny fact. <laughs> uh, to get into the character of the alternate personality, actress Alyssa Sutherland has said that she took inspiration from Jim Carrey's performance as Stanley Ipkiss in The Mask. Ooh. I could see Which, that. Which, when you think about it, yeah. like I was thinking about it when I read this, I was like, man, the mask does have wild evil dead energy. Yeah, <laughs> especially with like the contortioning he does to his face. Yeah, I like when the dog puts the mask on. Yes. Oh, yeah. I liked when Jamie Kennedy put the mask on. No, get no, out. that movie's terrible. <laughs> I'm just clearly get joking, yeah. Now, this film brings Evil Dead back to New Line, uh, which was the original distributor for the first Evil Dead in 1981. It's the first time that the property has been owned by New Line since then. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, this is also the only Evil Dead film or property to not feature the 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88 Royale vehicle. It's actually even in the 2013 one, oddly enough. Yeah, no, I remember, them t I remember us talking about it when we did that episode. I wonder why they didn't do that. Because they could have made that the Buick that they're driving, you know. They could have, yeah. Because they could have, I think they maybe had trouble sourcing one. Okay. Because um, as as the car gets older and older and older, it's They're harder, harder to, to find them. Yeah. But as an homage, they painted the chainsaw the same color as the old Oldsmobile Delta. Okay. Uh, all other chainsaws in the Evil Dead universe have been red yeah. up until this point. This one is yellow, which also kind of works because it is an alternate timeline, which we'll talk about in just a bit. Okay. If you look at Ellie's arms. Uh, they are tattooed with vines in the same pattern of the vines that choked uh, both Bobby Joe and Evil Dead 2 and Mia from the original Evil Dead who were attacked, bound, and unfortunately uh, molested yeah, by vines. At least. And Cheryl as well. Yeah. Cheryl in the original, I think, Mia in the 2013. Uh, so... The name of the building the movie takes place in, the Mond, is actually an anagram of demon. Okay, uh, I like that. Uh, yeah. Now, inside the cabin, uh, in the prologue of the film, basically the opening scene, there's a clock on the wall. It's the exact same clock that Cheryl is drawing in the original Evil, Evil Dead 1981. Hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now, Bruce Campbell can be heard in the, in the album saying, destroy it. It's called the Book of the Dead for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that is his voiceover. <laughs> awesome. Um, and then allegedly the, the Apple one. Um, but when asked about it, uh, director Lee Cronin said that Ash could come back both either in the recording or in the series because there have been multiple instances of Ash going back in time and encountering the Necronomicon or 
the Naturum Demonto slash Necronomicon Ex Mortis, um, which is Book of the Dead. So love it. I would love to see that, man. Would love. F- uh, so the wood chipper is Fonda's, but also Mr. Fonda, who lives upstairs. Yeah. It is a nod to Bridget Fonda, who appears as Ash's girlfriend in the opening flashback scene of Army of Darkness. So that's kind of a fun nod, too. Awesome. Now, let's get into timelines. So one of the lines played on the album says that three volumes of the book exist. The first volume being the original Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, Evil Dead, the second volume being the 20, 2013 remake, and mm. the third volume being this current Evil Dead timeline, Evil Dead Rise, makes the whole series canon, but also allows for alternate timelines and alternate storylines that could intersect and cross in the future. Yeah, I mean, because there could be other books that exist elsewhere in this world, right? And that would... So it's it's only the three. So the idea is that all three sets of Evil Dead movies take place in our same world, Okay, but they are chronicling the three different books. Okay. That's why there are three different versions. All right. Yeah. When the book shows up, it does look like the original Evil Dead 2 book face, the most famous one, um, only to reveal something else, obviously. Yeah. But if you overlay the original book face on that initial shot of the like shroud covering it, it is exact. So they digitally altered it to look like it. Okay. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So this movie came out this year, like literally yeah. two, three weeks ago. What do you think the production budget was? And I'll be honest with you, I only have a range. They have not said publicly what it is. I, I'm going to say five to seven million. Okay. I would go a little higher. I'm going to go... 15. So the range that I have was between 15 and 19 million. So definitely under mm, 20 okay, million is what okay. I saw, but close to 20 million. It looks good. I mean, like it's on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. It really, really does look good. Now, this movie hit theaters on April 21st of this year. And we year. actually saw it before that. We did. Yeah. We saw it at Panic Fest, uh, I think the week before it came out. I- yeah. We saw it a week before it came out. It premiered at South by days before we saw it. So like. Yeah. And I remember there was a lot of buzz around it because of how well it did at South by. But. And our screening was packed. It was. So this movie came out on April 21st, as I was saying. The week it came out, it was two in the theaters. It was beat by Super Mario Brothers. It, of course, is number two. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant was number three. John Wick Chapter Four was number four. And Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves was five. What do you think Evil Dead Rise made in its opening weekend? Opening weekend, I'm going to say it made 23 mil. Okay. I'm going to say 35. Okay. So, Paige, you're very close. It was 24.5 million dollars. Now, if you remember from that budget range from before, that means it made its budget back in its opening weekend, which is a great sign for a movie. Yeah. This is currently the weekend that we're recording this in, the weekend of Mother's Day. It's in its fourth weekend. So I don't have firm numbers on the weekend we're currently recording this in, but I do have the mm-hmm. first three weekends. And it was number two in its first two weekends, and it was number third in its third weekend. It's tracking to be fourth in the theaters this weekend. But do you want to guess? And again, this won't be the final total because it's still in the box office listeners, but. Do you want to guess what it's made so far domestically in theaters? I'm going to guess that it's closing in on 40 because word of mouth got out. Like once people found out it was good, like word spread. So I'm going to guess that it's at least at 40 mil already. No, it's over 100. Well, we'll talk about that because Mikey's not wrong, but that's not domestic. Just to give you a hint that it's not domestically. Mikey, do you want to guess what it's made domestic? Mm, 60. (laughs) 
Mikey, it is $60.1 million. Whoa, as of Now, this them. does include the tracking for this weekend, which is not always 100% accurate. It's usually very close. But the projection for this weekend was it making $3.7 million. And that would put it up at $60.1 million. Now, Mikey wasn't wrong. Because internationally, it's brought in $71.6 million. That puts this movie up at $101.7 million worldwide, obviously. Now, if you want to compare that to Evil Dead, the 2013 version, it did really well as well, but it only made $99 million worldwide. So this is already surpassed. I honestly think they put it to streaming a bit early because this movie's, I think this movie's going to have legs or it, it would. Well, but here's the thing. When you budget was only 15 to 19 million and you've already made a hundred, put it to streaming. Who gives a fuck? Like you've already way far outpaced what you would have ever hoped to make on this movie. And this is streaming at a level that like movies that are still in theaters are streaming. Like I paid $19.99 to rent it today. I paid 25 bucks for this. Well, yeah. yeah, you bought it, right? So like yeah. it's still pretty expensive to stream. Like I would, if I was a horror movie fan, I'd rather go to the theater and see this than Same. pay $19.99 to rent it at home, you know? Yeah, if I had not already seen this in, in theaters, I would have gone yeah. to go see it before we did this. So this movie's only been out, it's in its fourth weekend right now, and it's already made more than Evil Dead 2013 did in its entire run worldwide. So it's definitely yeah. a success. Like, this is going to be, I think, the future of Evil Dead is Lee Cronin and his version. Which I am hopeful for that because I, I do, especially after reading a bunch of interviews with Lee Cronin, I think he gets the franchise. I think he loves it. I think it'll be a little bloodier and scarier than I'm used to, but I think I'm going to get Evil Dead movies that are closer in line with what I believe the yeah. ethos of Evil Dead is. Yeah, agreed. But that's your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit him with that scary scale? Yeah, our scary scale, listeners, is a scale one to ten how scary we found the film. We watched it today. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Paige! Um, today, I would say this was a two- Maybe, no, a three. I'll give it a three. Uh, in theaters, it was probably a six. Yeah. So for me, when we saw it in the theaters, even though I was covering my face the majority of the time, I would give it an eight, at least in the theaters. Uh, today, I would still give it a six. It was super scary today upon watching it a second time for me. I think first time seven, three this time. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think it would have been lower had I actually watched all of it in the theaters, but I really missed probably 60% of it because I was covering my face in the theaters. Yeah, you were very freaked out. Yeah. And we were eating pizza. So, you oh, know, so yeah. delicious. Yeah. And that's our scary scale. Well, this week, the listeners made us watch Evil Dead Rise. What are you all making us watch next week? I think we have a new theme too, right? So we were kind of going through what have we done recently? What have we missed? What haven't we done? Yeah. And we feel like we've missed some Stephen King classics. So we're going to kick off Stephen King month with Maximum Overdrive. We're doing a whole month of Stephen King? Hell yeah, bro. Like lesser known ones, which I think are the yeah. more bonkers ones, which are good. But Maximum Overdrive. That's a really well-known movie. Like I've, It's so good. Only because it's, it's so crazy. Bad, it's so good. That's, yes. only, that's the only reason why it's well-known is because it's fucking you nuts. You may have thought, Todd, based on the gifts, that only the cars kill people. And you'd be wrong. It's all electronic. What? Like toasters and shit? Yes, yeah, dude. Beware your fucking toasters. There may be a scene where a Coke machine shoots Cokes at people and kills them. Maybe. 
Maybe. Oh wow. Okay, I'm this honestly movie looking forward is to cocaine. it. Cocaine. <laughs> yes. The movie. Stephen King yes. directed it, right? I think he did direct it and and wrote the screenplay. <laughs> oh wow. I can't wait for your fun facts because his interviews about this movie are hilarious. Oh my god. Especially now. Especially when people ask him about it like yeah. modern day. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I think we're gonna do that and then a couple other ones that we've missed. Stephen King yes. side. Awesome. So your homework for next week is to uh, watch a movie that Mikey just referred to as Cocaine the Movie. Yeah. Maximum Overdrive. And then check back next week for that episode. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I do. Well, what? Oh, well, how about that? Well, whose review are you going to read this week? DK9231. Well, what does DK9231 have to say? They say the cinnamon and the suffering. <laughs> so they the wrote this as a suffering. <laughs> they wrote this after listening to the Hellraiser 2 episode yeah, for sure. The, yeah. The Hellraiser 2 episode made my side hurt. I was laughing so hard. Awesome. Michael Chef Borardi versus the Cinnamon Bites is all I can think of now. I thought that was the first episode. Uh, anyway, keep being who you guys are. You made my morning five stars. Oh, I'm glad that Hellraiser 2, I think, has converted Todd into watching more Hellraisers. I am more excited if they stop being so pretentious and just lean into how, like, over-the-top silly it is. I'm still here for it to be pretentious because it's so pretentious it's funny. Yeah. Like, it's so bad, it's good. I do think it's so bad. Uh, well, thank you very much, DK9231, for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at MRandolph24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to Patreon.com slash Horror Virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm -hmm, than the mm -hmm. regular feed drop we do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that so guys check out yeah. the patreon and help support the show if you want to financially support me but not todd just look me up on venmo if you can't financially support the show that's understandable that's fine but if you want to hang out with us on the daily join the facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin we also link it like once a week so just find it there and join the awesome facebook group literally we're in there talking every day it's awesome and guys we got a p.o box so if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. And if you haven't noticed... Since October 1st, we have been running the new Horror Virgin blog. And when I say we, I really mean Katie from the Facebook group. She's been running everything. She's like the managing editor of the Horror Virgin blog. So 
If you haven't been to our Horror Virgin blog, go check it out. It's at horrorvirgin.com slash blog. You'll see it. It's awesome. There's a lot of great articles. I mean, at the end of October, we have 31 awesome articles up. But check out our awesome Horror Virgin blog up now. This episode was brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager's been driving her crazy. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? She keeps bringing old books into the house with mm-hmm. teeth. Yeah, if, uh, if your book has teefers, you throw that book in the trash immediately. Teefer, two for teefers, yeah. <laughs> I'm out. This episode also brought to you by Jonathan, and Jonathan wants me to make you guys watch some videos, so let me uh, play this video for you now, and let me hijack your screen right quick. This video is called, ooh, this might be a spooky spider video, guys, based upon the title. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right, can you guys see it? The title is Japan, Annual Spider Fight. So I didn't know Japan had annual spider fights. In Kagoshima. Those are some big ass spiders, man. Oh, I know. I've been researching like what spiders I might be in for in Japan. And I've been assured that in the city, (gasps) it's unlikely that I will see a ton. You, You probably won't in the city, but those are huge fucking spiders. Yeah, those are big. I don't love that they're making the spiders fight. I mean... I'm I'm cool with it. It feels a little like um, <laughs> Michael Vick to me. <laughs> oh, look, he's wrapping that one. Yeah, that's how they fight, man. They wrap him up. Oh. oh, so they don't do it to the death. I think it's just they have to knock him off the stick. Yeah. And once they're off the stick they're on, then it's over. Okay, that's a more much more humane way of doing it. Those spiders are fucking huge, though. And they're very, orb weavers. They're what? They're big old orb weavers. Oh, I hate it. But Jonathan, I love your support And thank you so much for uh, that We now return you to another episode of uh, The Patreonicals Alright, the good guys They stopped at a space gas station Isaac is eating snacks Space broccoli to be precise Because he has given up human and other animal flesh Yeah, because he's no longer a uh, cannibal, right? He's gone further He's a vegetarian now Oh, wow He really swings the pendulum to the other side Uh Okay, all right Kate used her mind powers to mind the base fuel into the pump thing Yeah, you guys get it Yeah, 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 yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah She's filling up the space vehicle The spaceship, yeah Karun and Natasha They were inside And they got boiled uh, space peanuts, uh, and they cried in them because, again, all of their people were slaughtered a few weeks ago, and their home planet was conquered. It's been a rough few weeks for them, yeah. Karun always doing that. Allie the mermaid uh, gets out, and she gets some gummy worms. Heck yeah. And then she and... Who is she dating? I forgot on this thing. Oh, is she dating somebody? Yeah, her and Boezy are starting to hook up. The Florida guy, and he took the gummy worms and put it on like a little fake fishing pole. And because she was in her little tank, he's like fake fishing, feeding her gummy worms. It's very sick. Oh, that is like sort of cute and fun. I love that. Dreskel with his Iron Man suit uh, is just flexing in the bathroom mirror and is like super into himself right now. We'll come back to him later. Um, I forgot he had an Iron Man suit. If I had an Iron Man suit, I would definitely be in a mirror checking it out if I when I first got it. Taking a lot of selfies. Hell yeah. Uh, Jeremy with the laser eyes and the cybernetic toe. Bought some WD-40 to grease up that toe because it was getting squeaky. Mr. Rage Bomb. <laughs> I forgot he had a cybernetic toe. Uh, oh my god Mr. Ragebomb stays in the rocket ship 
and is talking to Andrew, the last the last Russian astronaut, was like, hey, how do you know the direction we're going is the right way of the center of the universe? And he has like printed out map quest directions. So Sunzi, the AI, nano uh, robots absorb the map quest directions and put it in the ship. Uh, and Mr. Bomb does not set anything on fire. Grotica, the heavy metal bitch, buys a bunch of like 100-year-old CDs from the gas station. <laughs> space cds and anthony he just goes and pees inside even though they have a bathroom multiple bathrooms in their giant santa maria spaceship well you don't want to i get that i've traveled in like an rv or even like a greyhound bus you'd rather use the hoop at a gas station than on the bus you know what i'm saying well and then jennifer the ph she creates force fields between their skin and the toilet seats in the gas station so they don't have to worry about <laughs> feeling it okay nice and captain bruder is forced to pay the bills <gasps> with crystals that they stole in an episode that was not mentioned yet before <laughs> <laughs> there was a whole heist episode that we didn't include yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a whole series it's cut out it's in the comics <laughs> but it is technically canon so like it is canon. Yeah. <laughs> cut to the bad guy ship the muns are hovering above the mun star is hovering above a planet of care bear like creatures <gasps> Destroying them all and murdering oh, them. Oh no! <laughs> so it's like Ewoks, is what you're saying. Yes, Vance, H.H. H. Holmes, he is down there. He can grow knives out of his skin, and he is just murdering the shit out of Care Bears. <laughs> just so many of them, just for fun. Aaron, the Moon General, is like main weapons are are powering up, but our new henchmen are having so much fun. I mean, they are sort of as henchmen playing out what henchmen want to do and that's killing things yes and it's like libby mun queen what do we do and she's like let's not destroy the planet i want to enslave this race of care bears and put them in zoos and all of the planets we have to cheer up the children <laughs> and um wes who is still tied up very sexually in the background is like why Am I in this room where you guys make all these decisions? It's not cool. Uh, Alex and the, the evil magician is on planet stuffing Care Bears into his hat and making them disappear. <laughs> I love that. And that's the that's the end of the episode as Muns murder people all around them. Well, I guess we'll have to find out next week where the Care Bears went that he stuffed in his hat on another episode of The, the Patreonicals. That's going to be it for us, you guys, on Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye. I think I ate too much porridge, nerds.